Tune in to the Neil Prendival Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Tell you how bad I am. Uh, Lana was just commenting on. We're talking about color coordination there, and she was commenting on my lilac shirt. I actually thought it was pink. So it tells you how bad I am. I don't know the difference between pink and lilac, but I do know when the sun shines. And the papers this morning are actually anticipating that hot spells will march on into next week. So we'll believe them, won't we? Because we believe everything we read in the papers. Uh, airy fairy remarks to Varadkar were not homophobic, and I will not apologize. Insists Michael Healy Ray. A little more on that in a few minutes' time. i got some audio for you, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. But uh, he said that he has nothing to apologise for using the term airy-fairy. The big issue here, and if you were following it at all, is the difference between away with the airy-fairies or your airy-fairy. There's a big difference between the two. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because many, many times, many people have said down through the years, and you'll hear it everywhere, you're away with the fairies. It doesn't mean that you're gay. It doesn't, it's not a homophobic comic comment. It's just that you're, you know, you're away with the birds, if you like. And that's what this is all about as to which version of airy fairy was he referring to. So your text on that, please text 0868104106. Don't even talk to me about petrol prices because it makes all the papers today. It's expected depend, and you can't really say. It depends what you drive and how much you drive, but it's about 700 euro more on petrol and diesel this year because of rocketing fuel prices. That's what you're going to be expected to spend. But again, it will depend on what you are driving. But you've seen a 62% rise in the price of petrol since 2020, 62% up um, and a 70% increase in the price of diesel compared uh, to two years ago. And a lot of that is traced back to Ukraine and indeed Russia. Um, I see that the Ukrainian president, uh, Zelensky, is going to address the door by video link on the 6th of April. He's doing all Parliaments. I don't know where they all, just European parliaments are all over the world, but he's doing video links everywhere and it's been announced that he will address the Oireachtas next month. And meanwhile, uh, one of the issues, of course, that's been making the news very much over the years, of course, is waiting lists in our hospitals and those that await an A&E and those that wait for ambulances. And I told you an horrific story yesterday morning of an ambulance wait. The Echo has another one on its front page this morning. It's an elderly woman at the age of 88, 14 hours in severe pain waiting for an ambulance to take her just 25 kilometres to the CUH. Now, her son, Eamon Lucy, makes the echo. She suffered a fall while walking near her home in Bandon. Now, the first call for an ambulance went in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, the, there was no response to that. A second, well, there was no ambulance turned up, numerous uh, follow-up calls and what have you. There was a second call put in by her doctor at uh, 10 p.m., uh, and no ambulance arrived. By 3 a.m. Uh, on the Tuesday morning, the family made another call. No ambulance, but the ambulance did eventually arrive at 4 o'clock in the morning, and that's why it adds up to a 14-hour uh, wait. And then 1,400 uh, over 75s are waiting 24 hours in A&E. They call our hospital situation at the moment a perfect storm. But haven't we called it that many, many times over the years? Uh, approximately 1,400 patients over the age of 75 were waiting more than 24 hours for a hospital bed in emergency departments just last month. Um, and you can see why. I actually could see the, the reasons why myself when I was out there bringing a, a friend out to A&D uh, the week before last. They were actually queuing outside the front door. Prince Charles and Camilla came into Cork yesterday, caused an awful lot of chaos on the roads. Uh, they were heading to Waterford and Tipperary. Uh, one texter to me this morning wonders why in the name of God they just didn't take a chopper to wherever they were going rather than causing all sorts of chaos. 
closed roads, delayed traffic and all sorts of problems, not just for commuters in their cars, but also for people uh, doing deliveries and what have you. And a lot of couriers were complaining because there were guards everywhere. I mean, there were, I'll come back to it a little later on, but you've got to wonder, do we really need that kind of security? I mean, what's going to happen anyway? Uh, meanwhile, another airport story makes the star today, and this is the police in the UK. <laughs> They're going through CCTV footage because apparently 30 passengers who were waiting probably a long time for a flight decided to check in Liverpool at John Lennon Airport. They decided to check if the beer taps were turned off in the bar after hours. Lo and behold, they found out that they were not. So they helped themselves to a free pour-all at the airport bar for a few hours before they then headed off <laughs> on their plane. And this video footage, and imagine some of it might be CCTV, but the majority of the footage that I've seen in the photographs are from people's phones uh, from John Lennon Airport as they're tucking into pints of porter and pints of beer and pints of lager and the kissing gate bar. Police are investigating, but what are you going to do? <laughs> like... Well, the best you could ask for is ask them if they enjoy it or would you mind paying for it? Apparently, we're all more sober now and we're quitting more of the boozy habits that people had through lockdown. According to the Star today, our reputation as a nation of boozers, we're drinking less than ever. We have a very unfair reputation, I think, as being uh, the biggest boozers in the world. We're just not. I mean, we really and truly aren't. You look at some other countries and the Americans would leave us in the shade. They really would. And then I was talking yesterday about the Irish language, uh, that we should embrace it and more people should be talking it and perhaps it was taught wrong or people had bad experiences of it in school. The Irish Times says that the Department of Education sent inspectors around to school and they're they're worried. Even the Department of Education is worried about the quality of teaching of Irish and we need to get their act together on that or it'll be gone, dead and forgotten. And my story about someone who has died is Shanto the Lion. The Echo carries the story today after a short, untreatable illness at photos. A beautiful photograph of the 10-year-old Shanto. The only male lion at the wildlife park arrived from um, Spain back in 2016, uh, was put to sleep on Wednesday after a, a short illness. Very sad story. But the, st- the way Cork will look in 2101, which is what, 80 years time. Apparently, there was um, a competition for engineers to design a vision for Cork in 80 years time as to what Cork would look like. And Liz Dunphy carries it in this morning's examiner, together with photographs, colour photographs of what Cork will look like in 80 years. It'll be an incredible place. Now, I won't be around. I hope you are, but I certainly won't be around to see it. I wouldn't mind seeing it, uh, an efficient public transport system that would make cars redundant. And all of the car parks that we have will be used as indoor skate and cycle parks or exhibition spaces or our car parks would be cafes or car parks would be converted into shops. doesn't say anything about converting the car parks into, into living spaces. But they also talk about Kent Station would be a hub for high-speed rail, railway obviously, water-based harbour transport, trackless trains, um, vertical takeoff and landing because we'll be all in flying vehicles at that stage. Uh, we'll also have vertical gardens going up into the sky, e- flying eco-taxis. I mean, it'll be an incredible place in 80 years' time. They won't be driving cars on roads. They'll be flying them around maybe on air roads, you know? Um, it's just an incredible because we talk about those things over the last few days when it comes to what are you going to put down in the census that will be your little message or note that will be read in a hundred years time I'm interested in that but I'm also interested in what the world will be like in a hundred years time um, Colin McGregor is still driving on roads and was arrested charged by Gardaí stopped for an allegation of dangerous driving in his Bentley I think they took the 170 grand Bentley off him 
the convertible. He'd probably get it back. And you heard the story um, from the um, news at nine o'clock this morning, where the Cork College uh, on. And there's no there's no reason actually why we shouldn't be celebrating our dragness on Lee side. When you look at um, you know the 1960s, Danny Larue from Blackpool became a popular television star in the 1960s by dressing up as a woman. So a college in Ireland is offering a ten week course at St John's Central College um, to uh, you know teach people who want to learn about drag choreography. Drag movement, lip syncing, um, makeup, hair, things like that. You can get further details if you want to pick up on it on gayproject.ie. And apparently there's a, a contraceptive pill for men that is very, very close. It's been proving 99% effective in lab tests on mice. So, um, works on mice, they're saying it'll work on men. So, contraception for both males and females. And another story that's been kicking around just very finely is, you know, if we get the 2028 uh, euros... They are saying that uh, the Euros will only be played at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin and possibly Croke Park, which I think is a disgrace. It really and truly is more of this Dublin stuff that's always gone on, that nothing can happen outside, that it would be impossible for... They're saying it wouldn't be really possible or feasible to use the likes of Parky Cueve. I don't understand why not. I mean, the World Cup when it's in a country is played in all sorts of different cities. So I think there should be, should be some sort of a um, some kind of a, a movement to get that chair. I mean, let's get the Euros first in 2028, but make sure one of the one or two of the matches are played in Parky Cueve, for God's sake. The Neil Prenderville Show. So, uh, to the doll yesterday, uh, whether it is behaving like a parliament or behaving like an epi- episode from The Muppet Show, I do not know. But uh, Michael Healy Ray... Um, and uh, Leo Varadkar had a spat yesterday. Now, what it was about wasn't all that important. It's just what was said as a consequence uh, that's important. So, uh, and of course, this has taken off very, very much. First thing I'm going to do this morning is play you the clip from the doll yesterday between Michael Healy Ray and uh, the tarnished uh, Leo Varadkar. I'll say one thing too clearly in this house. When it comes to understanding the electorate of Ireland... When it comes to understanding the people, what they want, what they require, the people can look at you and listen to you, or they can look at me and listen to me, and let the people decide who they think is more in tune with what the people of Ireland require. Because when I hear some of the nonsense that you come out with... My goodness, you're no man to look down your nose at me as if I'm something that you stood up on top of. I'm elected here every bit as good as you are. And you know, maybe a lot better than you are. But the funny thing about it is, I wouldn't dare to look down my nose at you or anyone else because I don't do that. But maybe you do because you're a bit of a big shot. But like I say, off we do with the airy fairies and see how far it will get you. But you you can be sure of one thing, it's not a nice thing to look down her nose at me and say what you said to me a while ago. Furnished it. Not nice. And it's not, not nice what you said to me either, Deputy, just there, quite frankly. Um, reflect on it and think about it. Just think about what you said. Okay? Um, but leave, 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 yeah, think of, no, think about what you said. Think about, think about what you said. No, 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 reflect on it, think about it, come back here tomorrow or the next day and take it back if you want to. Uh, Deputy, the truth is you look down on me. 
Uh, you think that because I'm from Dublin, because I'm middle class, because I, talk, I, I, don't, I don't talk the way you talk and I have the accent that I have, that somehow I don't understand real people. Yeah. Well, you're wrong, Deputy. Yeah. I'm elected just as much as you are. Everyone in this House has a mandate. We have a mandate because real people elect them, uh, elect us, and that's, why, and, that's, and that's precisely why we stand here. Okay, so that was... Sorry, did I say yesterday? It was Tuesday afternoon in the Dáil between uh, Michael Healy, TD, and the tarnished uh, Leo Varadkar. Uh, then yesterday morning... Um, uh, Michael Healy Ray was on the Jerry O'Sullivan show on Radio Kerry. Here's a couple of minutes from that. I often say that people have airy fairy ideas, or that a person is not in touch with, with, with reality and they're away with the fairies. No, Jerry, I know one thing. I know that you, and I know that anyone else that knows me, and the voters of Kerry know that I would not in a million years mean any insult or anything derogatory about any human being when I would use that word. Absolutely not. And like, for the tarnished to pick up on it and use that as a deflection from the questions. Because if that, that's what you feel he was doing. So well, why do you think he got I, I so upset with the phrase I, I, airy, airy, fa- away with the airy, away with you and the airy fairies? Why do you think he got so upset? Because isn't it a great way not to answer a question? And can I give you another analogy, Jerry? And this is not me trying to say that I was insulted. Because he said at some stage to me, maybe you didn't understand the question, right? And that I wasn't able to understand an answer that he had given. Couldn't I have looked at him and said, oh, well, no, Tarnister, is it because... Uh, of the fact that I am dyslexic and it's no secret I've often spoken about it and I had learning difficulties uh, which I overcame thanks be to God couldn't I have looked at him and said well are you trying to insult me go away now and reflect on what you just said about me that I couldn't understand a reply that you gave inside here but I wouldn't dare do that and I'll tell you why because I know that's not what he meant he knows in his heart and soul that I mean nothing about anybody's private personal business. Because you know, Jury, you and me often had good hard debates on your radio program and we had uh, disputes about different things over the years. But you know that I would never, ever, for a million euros or for all the gold in China, personally insult somebody about their, their what I would call their personal private mm. details and business. That's not the way I operate. I'll argue about facts. I'll argue about politics. I'll stand up for people. And when I talked about airy fairy ideas, I'll give you another example. Hungry Minister a year ago that said the Kerryman newspaper sh- should co- seriously consider calling it as the Kerry person. Mm. And it wasn't until I came out and said, well, are we to stop calling manholes manholes? And should we call them person holes? That was another airy fairy idea. And yeah. I actually said and that, the That's fair enough. Look, if you describe someone's idea as airy fairy under the Collins yes. Dictionary, you're critical of them because you think their ideas are vague, impractical and unrealistic. What, what the tarnish that took offence to, I think, was the way you used the phrase. You said, away with you and the airy fairies. Airy fairy ideas, airy fairy is an adjective, not a noun. You used it as a noun. And did you not stray into dangerous territory by doing that because of the association of the word fairy with homophobic slurs? Is that not the what point he was making? But do you see, Jerry, do you see that explanation that you gave there about the nouns and about the, what it means in the dictionary? How it's you used. know, Jerry, 
Yes, but who knows, Johnny? That explanation was just after giving. To be honest with you, I wouldn't have been able to give that explanation because I wouldn't have. The words you just used. And Michael, come on, Michael, come on. No, you, no, you're no, a highly no, intelligent no, person, no, and you no, understand no, 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 that words no, matter. In fairness, no, but Johnny, you no, nobody can tell me that what I said was an insult of any type. Okay, that was uh, yesterday on the Jerry O'Sullivan show on Radio Kerry. Now, we did contact Michael Healy Ray. Uh, Seamus was in touch with him. They had a good chat, but he says he's drawing a line, un- line under it. He says he's not making any further comment on his exchange with Leo Varadkar and the doll. He says he has spoken on Radio Kerry. He spoke to Joe Duffy, and that's his lot. He says he doesn't want to give any more oxygen to Leo as he's using the comment as a smokescreen to hide behind and not focusing on the important things. He's not retracting his statement. He said the word airy fairy has nothing to do with any sexual connotations whatsoever, but is a phrase widely used to describe someone who has lost the run of themselves. So that is Michael Healy Ray's response to me when I asked him to chat about it this morning. He says that it's a phrase widely used to describe someone who has lost the run of themselves. He says the word airy-fairy has nothing to do with any sexual connotations. But in spite of that, uh, Cork TD Mick Barry still wants Michael Healy Ray to apologise to the Taunishta. Mick, good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. Uh, why do you want him to apologise? He's clarified what he meant. Sure, yeah. Well, sure, look, um, I mean... Pretty much everyone in the country has used the phrase airy-fairy at one time or another. Such and such has airy-fairy notions or ideas and all the rest, right? Um, So we do have to be uh, reasonable about this. I clash with Leo Varadkar every second day, as you well know, Neil, right? On the housing crisis, on the cost of living crisis, on the lack of government action, and so on, Right. However, when I stand up across from Leo Varadkar in the doll, um, I choose my words carefully and I am not sloppy because one of the things I'm aware of is I'm addressing probably the most high-profile gay politician in the country. Right? Why, why should that matter? Why should you be minding your P's and Q's just on that basis? Uh, I think it's sloppy language to say off with you with the airy fairies. Uh, No, no, I'm curious as to why you would respond differently to a gay man and a straight man. No, I I, politically I would get stuck in to um, Eamon Ryan. I would get stuck in to uh, Michal Martin and I wouldn't hold back my punches in any way when dealing with uh, Leo Varadkar, right? But I would be careful not to use language which could be misinterpreted or interpreted as being uh, insulting, not just to one individual, but to uh, LGBT people, young people out there in society. And Michael Healy Ray, by the way, should be uh, careful on that as well, because Michael Healy Ray does have, it's, it's, a, it's a fact, and a, you know, it's a matter of track record and, and all of that. He does have a track record of opposition to gay rights in this country. Did he vote no in the same-sex marriage referendum? He was, he was only one of or only Or did he say TDs. how he voted at all? He did, yeah. He was one of only two TDs who voted against. And his closest political ally, his brother Danny, right, has made public statements which demean gay people. They weren't, a, they weren't alone. I read an article in RSVP that said uh, the others were Matty McGrath, Senators Ronan Mullen, Jim Walsh, Fidel Mahili Eames 
and Fergal Quinn. So, uh, Matty McGrath, oh, himself and Matty McGrath are the two TDs, you're saying, is it? Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. And, and then the brother says that it's unnatural for gay people to adopt and he would be worried about uh, the idea... But, of gay adoption. Now, look. But do you look, think? Do you think the fact that are you trying to imply that because he voted no in the same-sex marriage referendum, he's entitled to vote whatever he wants, that he's anti-gay? No, I, well, I'm not, saying he does have a, he does have a track record of opposing gay rights. But what I'm saying is this, right? Some people out there are saying that he... he no, no, a lot, a lot of people might have no issue in the wide earthly world with someone who was gay, but might have voted no because they felt same-sex marriage and raising children was a step too far. I, I think the um, same-sex marriage referendum was a vote about civil rights for gay people, and I think Michael Healy Ray is one of the very few TDs who's on record uh, as opposing uh, extending that civil right. And on that uh, basis, you people. read into the fact that he says, away with you now with the airy fairies as being a homophobic remark. No, I, I don't. I don't. I Look, Neil, you know me 20 years yeah. uh, and more. Longer. And you, you, you often will disagree with me and I with you, but I, I'm reasonable about these things. What I'm saying is that when, when you stand up and you're getting stuck in politically to the most high-profile gay politician in the country around issues like that, you shouldn't be sloppy with your language. And but it maybe, but how, how is it sloppy? We all say he's away with the fairies. It makes a huge difference when you say away with the airy fairies, is it? No. Uh, I, I think that... I mean, I've often said that someone has airy fairy ideas, right? Uh, uh, but away with the airy fairies, he, he's not talking to me or to Richard Boyd Barrett or to me, Omar. He's, he's talking to... A high-profile gay politician. I think it's sloppy. I wouldn't do it myself. And I do think that he should reflect on it. Although I will make okay. this point, Leo. I will make this point to you. That was not the worst thing that was said by a TD this week. The, the worst thing that was said by a TD this week... And what, what, you, what said, you're about to tell me now is on the record, is it? It's on the record, yeah. Go ahead. It, was, it wasn't said by a Kerry man. The worst thing that was said by a TD this week was said by a Corkman. And was said by a, a TD who's quite close to where you are in, in your studio. And, and this there. is what you're about to tell me is on the record. It's on the record, yeah. And uh, what, what, I'm all ears. Go on. Okay. It was the comments of Simon Coveney, all right? Right. Who, when it was announced on Monday that the European Union is going to set up a rapid reaction force, right? In other words, um, a military wing of the European Union and a definite step down the road towards the European army going to be set up by 2025, Simon Coveney said that he thought there was a good chance that Ireland would be involved in the Rapid Reaction Force. Now, the, the message that I would give on that is that, and Simon, if you're listening, take this one on board, there is no chance that Ireland will join a Rapid Reaction Force without major opposition in Irish society. The, this Rapid Reaction Force would involve maybe members of the Irish Army and Air Corps and what have you actually fighting in wars. Uh, could do, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, it might be under the guise of peacekeeping, right? Uh, but it would, it would go to hotspots to defend the interest, in my opinion, not of ordinary European citizens but in reality of German big business and French big okay. business okay. calling the shots at the top. And here's the point that I want to make on that. It's off topic, reason, though. But, well, just, just briefly on this, right? Uh, it, it's not going to be the sons of government ministers whose lives are put at risk if the government go down that road. It's the sons and daughters of the working class 
right? And long after the debate about the comments of Michael Healy Ray has disappeared into the mist, it's it's small beer compared to the big issues here. The big issues this week were cost of living and this issue. Simon Coveney isn't going to get away with that. With that okay, just, just before I let you go, just getting back on topic again, though, with regards to uh, allegations of homophobia. Um, why doesn't uh, Leo Varadkar apologise for saying to Michael Lee Ray, maybe you don't understand the question? It, it, to me, that sounded very looking down his nose and very condescending to the man. No, nobody's Pardon? picking up on that at all. Kind of stuff you get from uh, Leo Varadkar every second day of the week. Um, but Michael yeah, Healy Ray is dyslexic. Um, is 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 that kind of like a, a cloaked dig at him that he has learning difficulties? Well, that's an interesting point, uh, and uh, it's the first I heard of this the, this morning. And uh, certainly, Varadkar is quite careless about making digs uh, like that, and maybe he needs to reflect. But, uh, as well, yeah. Uh, or, or maybe don't, they don't, should don't all just grow. Ju- maybe they should all just grow a pair and get on with the job that they were elected to do. Not reading insults into everything that's said across the floor. There's much more important things going on, don't you think, than this muppet show that we have to put up with? Well, two points on that. First of all, I, I do and I do think that there are far more important points. Uh, the cost of living crisis is, by some distance, the number one issue in homes in my constituency. That's where people are focused. And Coveney's comments this week are significant uh, comments as well. But not from the point of view of um, how it affects this TD or that TD, but I'm thinking about the, the young LGBT people out there, right? People... Uh, like me, Michael Healy Ray should be less sloppy in their language and a little bit more careful about if they're going to throw an insult, how exactly they do it. Okay. Right? That's all I'm saying. Okay. I think that's a very But that stops short of an apology, though. Well, if he wants to, to I mean, clearly he's not going to apologise uh, at this point, but at the very least, what he should do is he should have a think about what, what, it, what was said and be less sloppy the next time. He can say it to me, I've no problem. He can say it to, you know, Richard Boyd Barrett, I'm sure Richard will have no problem. But if, if you're talking to a gay politician or any gay person, for that matter, a little bit more awareness wouldn't be a bad thing. OK, thank you for that. As always, that's Mick Barry TD. Your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Calls after the break. Text The Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Check the term airy fairy, uh, which is an adjective. It becomes a noun if you put the word the before the before it. The, I don't believe I'm even doing this. Uh, the Oxford Dictionary says airy fairy is um, somebody who is impractical, unrealistic, idealistic, unfocused, vague, fanciful, without substance, unconvincing, um, and they sum it up as being inc- impractical and foolish. That's the term airy-fairy. When you put the word the airy-fairy, though, it becomes an insult in the doll, he said. Um, he said, and the quote is, Like I say, off with you now with the airy-fairies and see how far it will get you. That's what he said to the Taunishta. Now, Liam sent me a meme, actually, and it's, he says, This is quite appropriate to the Leo uh, Michael Healy Ray storm in a teacup, this load of codswallop. And the meme says, We live in a time where intelligent people are being silenced so the stupid people won't be offended. You can read into what you will from that. To the phone lines we go. Joe, good morning. Good morning, my friend. And you, him, yeah, and you so and much crap in all your life. Uh, well, I'm fairly. just interested in your perspective as a gay man. What did you read into that? Well, first of all, my opinion is to all the hairy fairy up there, every bloody one of them. 
Them the clue what's going on in the real world. Try running a business in this mad time. Anyway, I think it's a lot of. I think it's it's overreaction, Neil. Airy fairy. We've all been. That's always been said. That's a term I use. The hairy fairies. I don't know, but I read much into that either. I think I think Neil Neil uh, think Leo has just been oversensitive. I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a lot of that from people this morning. There are much more important issues to be discussed in the doll than people feeling insulted or offended by the use of a word. I imagine the money they're getting up there and that's how days work. Yeah, I mean it's not in the fairness. F word or the Q word or anything like that. No, I mean if they were if they had gone through what geez, we went through in the eighties, faggot bender, you know queer. Oh, this sort of thing <laughs> hairy fairy would have been a compliment. Yeah. Like it's 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 not. I would never have taken that as no offence. There's other things I certainly would have but wouldn't stand for now. Because we're in a different time. Yes. But no, you have to be a bit of thick skin as well. Jeez, Neil, it's, it's, it is a hard time at the moment. People are going too far worse, and this is all they have to discuss. I think, as you know, I said, they're all airy fairy up there, a whole lot of them. I think it's not, for me, it wouldn't be a derogatory remark to say. He voted against, he, he did vote against, uh, he voted no on the same sex marriage referendum. That's being read into that. Um, that yeah, but that's a personal thing. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. I think they're just, you know, trying to find something to, to, to you know, get away from the real issues. I certainly wouldn't have taken up anything. You he, know, that's personal for him. But Why doesn't he come out then and say, okay, it wasn't meant, it wasn't intentional. You read into it what you read. That was not my intention. Um, I withdraw the remarks and I apologise because I didn't, I don't want you to feel as if I was having a pop. Isn't that a kind of a grown-up thing to do? Huh? Yeah, it is. But I say they can't stand each other and one won't give the other person the satisfaction. They're like kids in the playground, you know what I mean? And I go and say sorry to him now, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it is kind of childish, actually. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I really like Ahili Ray now. Is not, I wouldn't be a fan of him, but I wouldn't be a fan of Leo either. And also, I wouldn't be a fan of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, I think it's, it's, it's a ridiculous carry on, and it's, it's, it's far more to do with the time now than that carry on. But and it, I think more ridiculous more carry on by both of them, it. or is it that Leo Farrakhan is just being oversensitive? I think Leo is a bit oversensitive. I know it's his personal choice now and to be feeling like that, but I think he's oversensitive. We all say things. I've been to Salon telling the customers I'm turning this place into a nursing home. Come over here and sit on the commode now, love. You know what I mean? If people are to take on that offence, like, you, you, I know it's hard to be politically correct all the time and say the exact same Do words. people mind their P's and Q's a lot more on gay people? You know, here, oh, Mick yeah. Barry there. Yeah. yeah, he said he does in yeah, the Yeah, Mick Barry was having a platform for himself there with his constituency. What I think, what I think is that you can't go around pussyfooting around people. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't go, oh, Joe is gay now. I can't say bend over there. Or, you know what I mean? No, but not or, even that. That they might be very theory. careful that they might in, inadvertently say something that would be... Mind you, that's the world we live in now. You can offend everybody now. Yeah. But Neil, it, it, is, it is, and it's scary, because sometimes I might say something, I say, jeez, I hope that didn't come across wrong, because I do have a bit of a mouth on me, and I tend to, to you know, just let it out. But seriously, it mean no harm, you know what I mean? But you can't easily say the wrong thing, and people can take offence to it, you know what I mean? Like, airy fairy, like, jeez, I'd never take offence to that, you know? But you can't grow and push your foot. And if that's the case, no one will be talking to Leo in the park. I know, I know, you're right. You know, what can you say? And he, I think he's getting on the bandwagon a bit of, of that and Leo has a way of like you know it's not looking down to anybody he does have that superior attitude you know what I mean 
I don't know how can you have a superior attitude to Michael Healy Ray. Michael Healy Ray is absolutely loaded. <laughs> like loaded. So, yeah, if you compare both of their bank yeah. accounts and say you get a right yeah, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and you see you see um Neil, they're literally it's like bullying a class. They can't stand each other, I'd say. You maybe know, that's it. Saying, yeah. Maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm not saying sorry, you're not saying sorry, you know what I mean? Yeah, they should have been around anyway. in the eighties. That's the that's the point that I picked up on what you're they saying. You are right. Style, and I tell you they have great crack on <laughs> <laughs> They wouldn't, they wouldn't get through a haircut anyway. You, you would offend both of them. Uh, listen, before I let you go, Easter's coming. Are you doing any, you're doing a tea party for Edel House again this year? What we're doing this year, Neil, we're having a, a party for kids. A special party for Edel House, Coonley, Redford, and other, and other services. It's really during midterm to get them out of the, you know, emergency accommodation. Yeah. Um, Edel House and you know the models give them a break so what we're doing is have Flannery's Passion John and Flannery's are amazing they're giving us the marquee and the staff are working voluntary and we're having food you did that last year didn't you I know I played the Easter eggs and all last year what we did is a big party for Christmas and the haircut but oh the haircut yeah this time, Flannery's this is, okay. this is just okay. going to be a party for kids Easter um, Easter eggs face painting, story reading. So what I'm looking for, yeah, I know people are giving, giving, giving at the moment for Ukraine, which is awful, but we still have a few around here we need to look after and not forget, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, So need listen, looking for someone maybe that can entertain kids with balloons or toy balloons or... A magician. A magician or... Clowns. Um, maybe if the two clowns above the door... There you go, there you go. Get Fred Curry and Healy Ray to do an act. Exactly. Just, you know, we're looking for selection box, we're looking for storybooks, things like that, Neil. But, and you know the whole idea of it, Neil? I was inside Nidel House recently having a chat, and they were saying, I said, what do you really need? And they were saying, you know, to vouchers for a coffee shop. Because if someone goes to their place, right, and they can't let them in straight away, they can say, look, here's two vouchers, go up to Costa Coffee there, we'll be up later, and they can start expressing their feelings, they can start telling their story, and being, that's the beginning of the relationship with the Dell House and services, you know what I mean? So you're saying this this could be a mother with children who's waiting on getting into Edel House or waiting, waiting to get yeah. into Coonley. Okay, yeah. I'm just making and a list here. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't get in maybe or not being able to be seen. To them. And it can say there's four vouchers for Costa Coffee or somewhere like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Sit over there and we'll, we'll be over there later on. It starts the communication straight away. Or in instance, as cinema tickets. You know what I mean? Say you have loads of kids there at the moment, and during midterm break, what do you do? Or there's passes for the cinema. I, I wouldn't it. have thought it before, Neil. I'd have never tried to go not get eggs. Photo oh, Wildlife Park's another one, isn't it? Photo Wildlife Park, yeah. But you know, I'd never thought of that before, and I never thought of the midterm break. But kids 20, you know, being, can you imagine in some of those rooms, in and the weather's bad, you're in the whole time, oh, you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. You don't have school, and I've been in those rooms, you know, I've been in Kundi and a few places, and they're horrific, you know what I mean? Okay, so, get out. so if there's anything else you need between, what's the date? The 11th of April. Okay, so we have time and, anyway. And can I just ask you, do you know the bookstore in Douglas? The bookstore in Douglas Shopping Centre, is it? Yeah. Yes, I do. They're amazing. I pass there sometimes, and the staff come out with a bag of books, a bag of storybooks, <laughs> jigsaw puzzles, and everything. Joe, we heard you on the radio. Oh, my God. I just want to call out, Neil. They're amazing. Well they really done. Are. It's a fabulous shop, actually. Massive shop. Really fabulous is. shop, yeah. Okay, so um, the 11th of April at the Marquee at Flannery's. Are you asking people to start dropping stuff now, is it? 
into the salon if they can, yeah. Okay. But what okay. I do then is, we would down myself now went off down to the range just we spent about 140 euros we got loads of colouring books in the house there that three or four people can colour and then they can go into the house after colouring. You know, things like that to amuse kids all the day and then they can take stuff home with them then as well. Okay, okay, okay. I've Fun got day, a, Neil, uh, and, uh, and as we say, the clowns above then can bar away about unrealistic things and we, we'll deal with reality. The real world, yeah. Like trying to run a business or trying to help children and parents. And in, run a business at the moment. Oh refuge. my God, don't talk to me. I know. I don't know. talk to me. They have no idea. All right, my man. We'll stay in touch. Appreciate it as always. Thank you, Joe. Joe's hair salon. Thank you very much. Take, Take care. care. Um, that's out in, uh, in Glasheen. Clowns, magicians, um, balloon, you know, people can tie up different balloons and make animals out of them. If you want, if you do any of that and you want to be part of it, just get in touch with uh, Joe from Joe's Hair Salon. Uh, it's at uh, Glashing Road. Uh, vouchers for coffee shops, vouchers for cinema tickets, vouchers for the likes of photo wildlife parks, selection boxes, Easter eggs, that kind of thing, and drop them to the to the salon when you get a moment or two. I'll come back and remind you of that later. I want to get back to the phone lines though. Mal, good morning. Thanks for holding. How are you getting on, bud? Okay, good, thank you. Back to, and I'll do some text on this in a moment. Back to um, uh, the doll and the spat between Healy Ray and Varadkar. Your thoughts? I think it's just, it's just York, the way it's been given, the air it's been given. You think, we, you think it should be just ignored? Yeah, well, just put to bed and put to bed and get rid of it because it's, it's a waste of time, like. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? yeah, what did, but what did he mean by what he said, though? What did he what mean? He meant, what he meant by what's been, it's been said for hundreds of years, away with the parents, which means you're off your head or, or something. There's no homophobic slur or nothing meant in that. But what if, what if Varadkar saw it as a homophobic slur? I mean, no, no, I, I tell you know what I think, right? I've heard he knew using this term loads of times in the dial. Oh, no, the term what? away with the fairies. I mean, yeah, it is very much it, used. Yeah, but it's a, a lot of people in Kerry use that term. It's, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, actually, look at your man. He's it's away a, with the fairies. Yeah, it's like us calling you to go you lang up. Same yeah. thing. Or he's lost the run of himself for. Yes. He's a yes, touch exactly, of the lapsy right? pass. Yeah, but I reckon Leo had this one put away in his locker all the time, right? Waiting for this day to happen. Right? Because Leo couldn't answer the question. He couldn't answer. He was in trouble. He had this one tapped away in his locker and one that Healy Ray used the term all the time and it just came out perfect for him because Leo was back in two paths. Um, so he's being opportunistic, you're saying? Yes, yes exactly. Exactly, that's what, that's what they do. Like, Healy Ray is a very clever man. Clever man. Uh, no, he's a no-type politician. He does things you might like the way he do them, but he gets it done. Well, he certainly does in South Kerry anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's, and that's what a politician needs to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we, have anybody, do we have anybody in Leaside like, uh, like the Healy uh, Rays? We might have one in Caroline, one. Michael McGrath, is it? Yes, possibly the only one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, poor Michael is, I think Michael is, Michael is one of these fellows that, you know, had great intentions, but when you get into the system... You're kind of you. You have to toe the line a bit, then you know. Looks like Michael McGraw could well be the next leader of Fianna Fáil. I think he probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know if that will make him a T-shirt or not, but certainly he's halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might be a few years on the road. And why do you I think? Mean, the, why do you think that Mick Barry's going to join Fine Gael? Well, I tell you, I think he definitely seemed to have his Leo tap on there, didn't he? <laughs> right, okay. You know, he definitely gave me that impression anyway. Right, I mean, okay. I would say he was taught never to get stuck into Leo. Uh, Nick Barry couldn't get stuck into a cheesecake, lad. Ah, uh, no, no, he, he bets. Oh, stop, I couldn't get stuck into a cheesecake. 
he bats I mean, he bats well in the doll. I thought no. Oh God, Jesus, stop! We have what? You are you. You are watching these films all the time. <laughs> you know I mean? And, and do you know what makes me another another laugh? Then right about I know champagne. People are saying yeah, champagne will win. They'll soft everything out. Champagne won't soft much out. They won't do a great deal, right? And they're on about then. Or do you only take the the average industrial wage? They take they cost us every much as the other politicians. It's just that they only take the wage themselves. The rest is put in. The That's right. So the rest is put into yeah. Sinn Féin, yeah. But yeah. you know what people, just before I let you go, what people say about Sinn Féin is that at this stage they're, um, they deserve a chance because the other crowd that we keep voting in and out, like, I don't know, like headless chickens, they have destroyed the country. So yeah. at least let's, let's yeah. give Sinn Féin a chance. Yeah. If they, yeah, if they mess means. up, but at least we'll know that they're the same yeah, but, as the rest. Yeah, by, by all means give them a chance. Give them the four or five years, whatever it takes. No, I don't think you can do a lot in five years to repair damage. Can't be, I don't think you can be done that time. You know, it's going to take an awful lot longer. Than yeah. That. So at least they, do you think? Well, let's let's see. Put let put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Give them a chance. Give them a chance and see. All right, my man. Okay. And cheers, man. Okay. Take well, care, pal. Right. Take care. You couldn't get stuck into a cheesecake. He says, Ashling. Good morning. Hi, Neil. Good morning. Uh, apologies for holding you so long. Go ahead. What's on your no, mind? No, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, no, it's just, um, you know, in relation to the comment here about you know, the airy fairy. I just have to come in. Um, now, I didn't actually see the, I didn't actually witness the whole doll room episode, but just going off of what you were saying, just literally off of that, just as an outsider looking in, my whole opinion on it anyway is that, look, look I know comments like airy fairy can be passed around and, you know, doesn't really mean anything, but I think at the end of the day, we shouldn't be focusing focusing in on oh what 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 did Michael really mean? It doesn't matter what he meant, and that's just my opinion. At the end of the day, it obviously took took offence to um, Leo. But why does did. everybody get offended now? Well, I mean, and people I get so like, offended that everybody else now is afraid to say anything in in no, fear that like, they'll look, offend somebody. Whether whether someone gets offended by a comment or not, I, I think the issue here is that. Leo should have been more upfront. Michael, I did not like that comment. You know, that, that you know, the, do, do not say that again. And it's the same with, um, vice versa, with Michael, with the comment about the, you know, dis, the dyslexia. Like, whether Leo meant it in that way or not, you know, it's just about being upfront with, with, with each other and being like, you know, I didn't like that comment, so don't say that again. I don't care what you meant by it. He, he could have meant, again. he could have meant, you know... That you're thick if you didn't understand. Oh the yeah, know, of, the of course. And I, so why and I can understand why. Yeah, I can understand why Michael could have definitely in, interpreted it like that because it's obviously a sensitive issue to him. It's triggering him in a way. So it's just to say, like you know, don't don't pass a comment like that. I think that's at the end of the day. That's what it's just about. And it's just who cares? Like whatever Leo meant or whatever Michael meant, it's just about you know saying you know like where is this basic respect? You know. Like, they're two human beings. I know they're opposing and they're battling and all this. But at the end of the day, you know, you put your hand up and go, I don't like that comment. And that's it. And, and move on. Be, yeah, yeah. And move on. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's all, te- te- well, okay, it's all televised, you see. So we get to see all of it. That's the difference. And media pick up on it then. And, you know, and video clips get shared and we end up talking about it on radio. Okay, appreciate know, it, Ashley. Thanks yeah, so much. Yeah. Cheers. No much worries. Have a Thanks good day. Too. We're over time. Back after 10, text 0868104106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 
bit of a misty, foggy old start. It'll clear across the morning. Now, oh, listen, uh, nice chap by the name of Kean got in touch with me on my own Instagram page. I was just reminded by... Uh, listening to Rory doing the sports news there. He says, how's things, Neil? He said to me on Instagram that the cork hurler Patrick Horgan has started his own business. It's called www.prohurling.ie. Uh, no better man to be teaching people how to play hurling than the cork hurler Patrick Horgan. It's an online hurling coaching uh, e-academy uh, for boys and girls of all ages. You'll get weekly coaching videos from different inter-county stars and as important as well will be that you'll get uh, all of the different movement videos and health promotion videos from the experts. You know, a lot, a lot of it has to do with diet and fitness. You'll also get uh, training and exercise to keep you active during the week. He says to me, uh, I know you're always good to help Cork startups. So any help getting the word out there is greatly appreciated. Happy to do it, Kian, and good luck to Patrick Horgan. Anybody that wants further details as to what Patrick is doing with his online hurling coaching e-academy can go to www.prohurling.ie and good luck with that one. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Finally, confirmation, Neil, that Leo has joined the, the Snowflake Brigade. I've met Michael Healy Ray several times on visits to Kerry and a more down-to-earth man you couldn't meet. I don't think he has anything to apologise for, says Philip. Sinead says, it's a phrase common in Ireland, a colloquial term, meaning silly, whimsical and nonsensical, away with the fairies. Let's not lose our unique way of speaking, please. I think a person needs to listen to the context of what he said and how the phrase is used. There was a motive in Varadkar to play the victim here. I'm sure he understands the meaning of the phrase. It's a pity that terms are going to be banished and people do not wish to understand them for what they actually mean. Uh, Meanwhile, time and a place for everything. Healy Ray knew exactly what he was doing. Gaslighting. Uh, And also, Denise says, very disrespectful. Um, The media is all over the story and running with the question, should Healy Ray apologise? I haven't seen or heard any media outlet ask the most obvious question to Leo. Why were you offended by a remark which has no reference to a person's person's sexuality? Why doesn't Leo Varadkar explain that? Okay, I'll come back to this uh, and lots of calls on that and many more topics of conversation, including the countdown to Mother's Day, all that between now and midday today. But in conversation a little earlier on uh, with uh, Joe from Joe's Hair Salon out in Glasheen, he's doing a big event on the 11th of April and Flannery's have given him the car park area there and they're putting up a huge marquee. So all of the children and uh, mothers from um, who stay in Coon Lee or use the services of Coon Lee or Edel House will have a big Easter party there on the 11th and we were talking about a call out for you know magicians and clowns and you know the people who can make the little animals and designs with um, with balloons. I'm sure there's a term for that. Um, he's also looking for vouchers and Easter eggs and selection boxes and things. But at one point during the conversation, you can drop all of that off to the hair salon. But at one point in the conversation, he did say that uh, what they all in- also need are vouchers and tickets to occupy the times for the children who, who don't want to always have to stay in Edel House or in Coonley and would like to get out and go to the cinema, or go to Photo Wildlife Park or, or things like that. And that prompted a call, just a fast call, actually, if you don't mind. That prompted a call from Gareth Walsh, who's the manager of The Real Picture in Ballancolic and Blackpool. Gareth, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thank you so much. You were fast off the mark, and you have an offer to make to, to Joe. What is it? Yeah, we well, here at The Real Picture will be delighted to help Joe and his, uh, his event, anything we can do. So uh, just 
pop them on my number and we'll help them out in any way we can. That's very kind of you. So you give him vouchers or, uh, you know, tickets? I tickets, whatever, whatever he needs, yeah, we'll, we'll jump on in there. That would be so kind. He'd be delighted to hear that. So he can call on you then, uh, for maybe a batch of them that he can give to uh, Kun Lee and Edel House that can then turn them into actual movie tickets on a given day. Exactly, exactly. And it's a great time to go to the cinema. We've got some great releases coming up. So um, we can organise all that. No Not, and, and, yeah, and when you say great, are many kids' movies coming up? Anything coming out in oh, that regard? Got, now that you say, we've got the um, Bad Guys previewing this weekend, which opens also next weekend along with Sonic 2. Um, so it's a great, great lead in, in Easter for kids to them. So I was at the movies, last at the cinema last night. Sadly, I wasn't with you guys. It was down, down in Maham Point. But I see a, um, um, a promo coming up for the new Tom Cruise movie, Top Gun Maverick. You know Top oh, Gun? That, yeah, that that infamous movie. Yes, that's moved many times. But we're expecting it this summer. Yeah. Oh, why was that? Were, were a lot of movies delayed because of COVID? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Bond was moved on. Yeah, yeah. So um, at this one, we're expecting sometime in June, fast July. That'll be um, some film. We're looking, we're looking forward to that one. All right, see it finally on the big screen. I gotta ask you because I saw the ba- the Batman finally the last Batman. night. What do you what do you make of it? Uh, it was a good show, good show, three hours, nice show. Um, looking forward to the sequel um, to see how it connects. There's um, definitely connects. more to come, isn't it? I don't want to spoil oh, it for people, 100%. but we can see yeah. some combinations developing there between the likes of um, the Riddler and the Joker, am I right? Yes, yes, Barry Keoghan there making a good impact at the end of that film. Yeah, yeah I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Colin Farrell was incredible, wasn't he? Oh, he's fantastic. He's getting his own spin-off TV show as well, so... I heard that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great. looks great. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it was the greatest movie I ever saw, but it was probably the greatest Batman movie I ever saw. Uh, jury's still out on that. Christopher Nolan is still doing yeah, it for me. Um, I'll have know. to wait for the second I know. I need to go back and watch them all again. <laughs> didn't feel like three hours, though, you know? No, it didn't. It did not, in fairness. It did not feel like three hours, but... Um, <laughs> Again, jury's out on that for me. I'll wait for the second film. I might, I might get you on board as our cinema reviewer going forward. We'll see about that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Take care, Gareth. Appreciate the call and very kind, genuine, genu- generous offer. Gareth Walsh, manager of the Real Picture in Ballancolic and Blackpool. Whatever Joe wants at any time for Coon Lee and Edel House, he's pushing an open door. Text 0868104106. Get in touch with Joe directly. Drop off whatever you can that you think could help on the day, the big Easter party that's happening on, uh, what date did I mention? April 11th. Okay, back to the phone lines. It was a busy morning this morning. Paddy, good morning. Good morning. All right. So here we are when more important things should be debated and spoken about in the doll. It's about taking and giving offence. What are your thoughts? (laughs) I think they should cop on to themselves, especially Leo. And I think he should apologise for a fellow who's going to be the next leader of our country. And he's not familiar with the folklore language in this country. If you go out anywhere west and you talk to any of the farmers, I'm, I'm a tour guide now as well. Yeah. And every second sentence you will have is, uh, he's away with the fairies, or the dog is away with the fairies, you know, or it's not fully there, or uh, something silly about it, you know. Nothing got to do with sexuality. That should never have been brought up in the Well, it is a term that's used, and it shouldn't be used when describing a gay person. Leo Varadkar is gay. That's push- Does that mean that it's, it's an own goal for somebody to use that term to a gay person? No, I don't think so. I, you're not giving the gay people credit. 
You know, they know themselves. They were brought up in this country. They know that that's an old... It's a term of endearment. Is that what you call it? You mean, um, that, you mean that that um, that Leo Varadkar may never have heard of the term away with the airy fairies? Yeah, he may not have. And if he did, he's, he's too intelligent. Not, like, because I've never heard of away with the airy fairies myself, but I have heard away with the fairies. I've heard both of them. The airy fairies now are a little bit more silly than away with the fairies. And as simple as that, it's nothing got to do with sexuality. Well, the way with the airy, the airy fairies could be a group of individuals who happen to be either fairies or gay. Away with the fairies is somebody who is not the full bob. No, airy fairies are just a little bit more silly fairies. If people want to believe it's to do with gay men, um, that's their own business. But it's not, as far as I'm concerned, that's not it. We grew up with it. You grew up with it, Neil. We're roughly the same age. All in school, the teachers would tell you you're away with the fairies and come back in, you know, come back down to earth. It's, that's well, all it is. Sake, it's nothing got to like do with sexuality. Say, like if they, I mean, if they could just cop themselves on and the people that's stop what they getting need to do. It was a everything. dirty uh, dig below the belt. Leo Fraker should never have used that stick. The LGBT people in this country are fantastic. They're doing fantastic work, bringing themselves up and out and being accepted by everybody. And then with one stroke of a, one sentence, this man can can make people angry with them, you know, by taking away something that we use for for years, you know. Away with the fairies and away with the airy fairies is an old thing. Okay, well, I love it. Yeah, let's protect these kind of sayings. Let's protect them and let's continue to use them. You're and, saying because they're part yeah, of and, who and we are. But natural sexuality as as a stick in doll iron. You know, I mean, the, the two of them should probably apologise to each other. <laughs> That's right? the first Leo was wrong. That, yeah, yeah. I know. Me, Michael Healy Ray is going to say that. He'd say that. He'd say that to the bishop. He'd say that to the pope. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, can I ask you? Can I ask you about being a tour guide? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you, it's, how, how does that work? Are you on, on, are you on coaches with tourists coming in from overseas? Yeah, coaches, usually liners, you know, and you go, we go up around, we say the Cliffs of Morn or the Ring of Kerry or Blarney Cove can say the places like that. You, you know, must really know your stuff then, yeah? Not as much as some people, you know, I know some, but I know that, um, <laughs> when I heard that <laughs> coming out that someone took offence to one of our old saints they really maddened me yeah. when I see that I'm very close to the LGBT community in my oh I know I know and, and, and you cover that very well but I'd say I mean are tourists coming back are there many bookings across the rest of the summer oh, oh there is there is there's loads of bookings where are they coming uh, from I, uh, mostly America I'd say so are the Yanks coming back this year then oh they are okay it's amazing, isn't it? I didn't know that. I thought, I thought they might wait another 12 months or so. No, no, check the cruisers. Are there many the booked in for Cove, yeah? Yeah, I think there's something like 88. I'm not sure that no one... Ah, that's a huge number. That. That's brilliant. It is a huge number, yeah. It's supposed to be really heavily booked. And if there's one particular place that they love to go more than anywhere else, where is it? Uh, I think they all love the Ring of Kerry or Blarney Castle. You know, and then as far as I'm concerned, the Dinos and Kinsale for their fishing ships, the traditional ones. <laughs> is that where you stop off with the coach? And it is, of course. <laughs> do they love it? <laughs> I love it, yeah. They love it, they absolutely love it, yeah. I don't know, do they get much fish and chips or chippers in America, so it would be a treat for them, wouldn't it? It's a treat for them, and especially when I tell them it's traditional, and it is traditional, and they absolutely love it, and they treat it so well. Well done. Thanks, Paddy. Cheers. Take care of yourself. All right, cheers. God bless you. You know, the Yanks are coming. Charles and Camilla came yesterday and held everybody up. Not everybody was happy with it. Not everyone is happy with the Royal Visit, Neil. We got this from a very frustrated listener. Massive traffic congestion around the city this evening due to the arrival of Charles and Camilla. Some very frustrated commuters 
we had to cancel deliveries. More here. Who cares about Charles and Camilla? Seriously, if the Queen dies, I hope William and Kate take over or the Royals will be finished. I know I'm controversial, but by my opinion, it's my opinion and I'm allowed to it. Um, I'm surprised anyone has even interest in seeing them visit, says Kieran. Well, they're not visiting us. They're going to visit friends, apparently. Uh, could they not have gotten a helicopter to wherever the hell they were going instead of upsetting people's daily commute and wasting guard of time and taxpayers' money? It's absolutely ridiculous. For God's sake, get over it. Something good in the midst of all the doom and gloom. We should be happy people are visiting, including the royals. How quickly the people of Cork forgot how much his mother did for tourism and the English market. Sadly, too many there in Ireland still live in the past and moan while wearing a Liverpool or Man United jersey, says Paul. Uh, Another one here from Owen. Nobody has any interest in a fella living off his mother's reputation. Morning, Neil. The motorway from Cork to Tipperary had a guard of presence on every flyover. Um, What a waste of taxpayers' money for a family from another country who scrounge off and bleed their own dry. Oh my God, ridiculous. I left work early to get home early, but not a hope. The Kinsale roundabout was shut down to traffic or maybe shut down with traffic. Where do they find so many guards who really and truly probably would want to and could be doing better things? Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 Ah, yes, indeed. He just wanted two more calls on this. Simon, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, then I'll finish on text. What's your thoughts on it? Oh, look, I, I just think there's bigger fish to fry. There's a lot going on in the country and the world at the moment that, that, that requires our politicians' attention, full attention. And I, you know, Michael Healy Ray, I, you know, I, I, I was looking at, at what he said. I think it's, uh, uh, I think Leo is trying to score a point or two there with a, with a, with an issue that is a non-issue. Um, I don't think Michael Healy Ray, by using the the phrase he used, had any intention of 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 uh, of, of insulting Leo and and his sexuality. I don't think that was the intention. And I mean, I've certainly heard that phrase being used many times um, in the context of people who are are just not with it. Yeah, not yeah. Do you not mind your p's and q's though around somebody who's gay using the word fairy though in any context? I, I, well, well, I, I mean, I don't know. You look up the, de- the definition of fairy in the. Dictionary. What is it? You know, a fairy is a mythological or it's a, 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 a figure. It's, it's not real. It's a, you know, I understand maybe historically how the word had to be used, but I just, have we all just got so bloody sensitive? No, well, I, I, I despair about how everybody takes offence at everything these days. Yeah. But at the same time, I can see that maybe Leo Varadkar saw Michael Lee Ray stand up knowing that um, Leo Varadkar was... I mean, he, I think he probably was the first gay politician to come out, certainly the first leader of a party or the first yeah, yeah. TD in Ireland to come out as openly gay. And I mean, that was a brave thing to do in fairness to absolutely, him. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so and, 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 and knowing that then, maybe Healy Ray just knew um, that this would hurt and using the term away you know, with I, I, the airy I, fairies. Like, I, I go on away now with your fairy. Like, as in, he, he could have thought he was saying, go on away now with your fairy friends. But sure, look, if, if you were to sit down and analyse everything and every word that everybody says, I'm sure somebody would be offended by something. I think what you have to look at is you have to look at the intent. Was there an intention there to offend? I don't think there was. Michael Healy Ray is a smart man. You might like him or you might not like him, but he's not stupid. And he's not going to stand up in the doll on public record and slag off a politician about his sexuality because it's political mm. suicide. Uh, so I don't, I, don't, I don't think that was the okay. intention. I, I, think it's, I think it's a storm in a teacup when we should be thinking 
thinking about other things at the moment. Not Nothing to see, move on, says you. Yeah, absolutely. Nice absolutely. one, nice one. Appreciate it. Thank you, Simon Taylor. Text 0868104106. Just a final few on this, because I have other fish to fry, as Simon says. No way, and literally have other fish to fry. No way should Michael Healy apologise. That saying has been around for generations, and everyone knows what the meaning of it is. But Leo was losing the debate... And he's the master of deflection. He used it to change the narrative to suit himself. Uh, another one. Why didn't he ask Michael to explain what he meant or the meaning of it? But no, up stands Leo to make it all about him. And now Leo looks like a snowflake. The art of deflection runs high in Fine Gael anyway. Mark says, distraction, distraction, distraction. Leo knew he could not disagree on the points that Michael Healy was saying. So he picked out the one word he could play on that he could use to distract everyone from the true points Michael Healy Ray was saying. My wife does that to me all of the time when we have an argument. Well played, Leo, says Mark. And Caroline says, no apology necessary. That's a turn of phrase. For God's sake, have we gone that PC now that you can read something into a phrase that's been around for years? Leo's looking for attention as per usual. Schoolboy rubbish. He must be dressing up at home if he takes offence to that. I've heard it all now, says Caroline. And Mary says, ah, sweet father, love Leo. Uh, but he's ser- is he seriously going to take offence over that? Sure, was sure what was said in a rant. No, sorry, that doesn't make any sense. But appreciate it all the same, Mary. Uh, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick it up after the break with calls, texts, and comments. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. You know, talking about the doll having bigger fish to fry. We were talking earlier in the week about the cost of chippers going up because the potatoes are going up, and uh, unfortunately, the vast majority of your chipper potatoes are coming from the UK and if they're not coming from the UK they're coming from the likes of Spain and what have you so with everything going up and oil as well for the for the fryers and the cost of fish and everything you're going to be paying a little bit more for the bag of chips we've got a huge response actually to the chippers that people love but I was really looking forward to chatting with Martin because he's got an incredible story to tell so rather than me preempting any of it let's just jump straight in to the deep fat fryer Martin good morning good morning Neil how are you I'm good now where do I begin with this? You um, are originally from Belfast, where your aunts and uncles owned and ran chippers, correct? That's correct, Neil, yeah. Okay, so you probably got to eat a lot of their food as a kid, I guess. <laughs> 100% did, yeah. Okay, then you came to Cork and moved to Cork and live in Cove, is it? That's right. And you made a statement saying that you have tried every takeaway in Cork. I would say very, very close to every good takeaway in Cork, Neil. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I originally okay, so there's not a great phone line. Are you, you're not on speakerphone or anything, Martin, are you? I was, Neil. I'm back on there now. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's a bit of an improvement. Okay, so talk to me from the very start then. did you? Because this is a Guinness Book of Records kind of thing in my book. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in Belfast. Um, my family came from a background of fast food restaurants. My aunts and uncles, they, they ran a chain of fast food restaurants, so we kind of grew up around that environment. Like, my mum actually managed one of the restaurants called, uh, called the Oak Grill. It was in a small town called Castle Welling in County Down. And it was, it was just an environment we grew up around, and it was kind of normal. But it was something we incorporated once a week in moderation, and it was just a part of our lifestyle. But it was something, I suppose, and it's a part of Irish culture. Yeah, Friday night's just, chipper night kind of a lot of the time, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Like Friday night would have been chipper night for us as children up the north. And then whenever we moved down here, it could have been like Matty Kiley's or something like that, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, my, I, I'm a high performance coach. So so I work with like busy professionals, team leaders, business owners to get them in the best 
physical and mental shape of their life. Yeah. But yet I eat out every Saturday night. I, I go to a fast food outlet every Saturday night uh, and I pick up something, you know? So it, it proves the point, not that it needs proving, that if you're keeping yourself fit, aerobically fit, mentally fit, and, you know, putting in the effort during the week, you can have a bit of a, you know, a break from it at the weekend. Absolutely. That, that's the, the big misconception within the fitness industry. I speak massively throughout the year at different events and stuff. I spoke with a gym last night in Ken Mayer about the very, very same thing. And there's kind of like three areas of nutrition that we would look at. It's knowledge and awareness, having habits of self and self-control, and then flexible systems. Eating out on the weekend is a flexible system. Yeah, it's the where treat. A or, yeah, yeah a, a mum or dad can bring their children out for a takeaway. They can go to a fast food outlet. And they can incorporate it as part of their normal routine. Why? Because they have knowledge and awareness of what they're doing throughout the week and have self-control and good habits, which allows them to have flexible systems on the weekend. Okay, you don't smoke, you don't drink, and yourself and Roseanne visit a different chipper every week, is it? We we would have in the past. Um, there's Sorrento's and Cove, in my opinion, is one of the best chippers in the country, and in my family's opinion as well, who travel down from Belfast on a regular basis, they, they agree. Uh, Sorrento's and Cove would be the main place that we would eat out of. Is that uh, an Italian chipper? It's an Italian chipper. Andrea DeSico, he's actually a client of mine. So when I started to go to his fast food outlet, he was wondering how I managed to stay in fantastic condition <laughs> but eat out of his restaurant every Saturday night. So he became the client in the byproduct. Right. And now, he, now he's in fantastic con- condition and he, and he obviously eats his own food every week. You know? And where else have you... I haven't been there, so I will check that out. Where else have you been over the years? Um, around Cork, KC's, the Mill Grill, Dino's, um, Chish and Phipps up in Crosshaven, really, really nice place. Um, Frank's in Caratool. Caratool has always produced produced a chipper over the years. Um, and, and Maddie Kiley's, as a, as a young fella, on a Saturday morning, going up in the train, Maddie Kiley's would have been the go-to place for, for any young fella born in the 80s or the early 90s. That's right, with Matty behind the counter and his brother in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, reopened yeah. again, incidentally. The Blue Haven have taken it over. That's correct. I heard you mention that a few weeks back. Yeah. You haven't been in yet to check it out, no? No, no, Okay, no. so when you say Dino's, all of the Dino's... Uh, Kinsale. I would have tried the one in Kinsale, but it's been a while since I ventured outside Cove. Um, pu- purely because uh, with, with Andrea's food in, in Sorrento, I understand how he's cooking the food. Like, he, his pitas, he makes with just flour and water. So it's a really, really good pita. It's not covered yeah, in Yeah, you see, I don't, I don't know that pitas belong in a chipper. I'm old school. Yeah. It, this I get what's going on in KC's yeah. with the pitas and the wraps and all that kind of stuff, but... For me, it's 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 cheeseburgers, fish and chips, potato pies, meat pies. You know that kind of way. Yeah, oh, I'd be the very same. Andrea has all that food. Like oh, oh, I like an old portion of onion rings myself. If I go into a chipper and I, I don't see onion rings on ba- the menu, I yeah. walk back out. <laughs> an o- onion rings or a battered sausage. That to me is yeah. a chipper. You know. Yeah, yeah. So but what did you what, when you went to all of these different chippers? Do you order different food or is it always fish and chips or what? Yeah, no, I'm very like you. It would always be. Maybe just a burger and chips with some onion rings, fish and chips or something like that. But in Andrea's place, his pita is probably, I would say it's one of the most popular pitas in Cork um, because it is that tasty. So in Andrea's place, it would definitely be uh, the chips, the pita and maybe some onion rings with it. And in the other ones, would you sometimes have a burger and other times fish and chips? Do you ever have a chicken supper? Um, no, no, it wouldn't be much of a chicken supper. But yeah, a burger, like a double burger or something to that effect. No, open, um, 
out and fish in Phipps. I wouldn't be a massive fish lover, being honest. Um, fried fish. I eat a lot of keen fish throughout the week. Um, so, so salmon, cod, and tuna. Uh, I like to get fresh fillets of that throughout the week. Yeah. Because again, like I said, throughout the week is the big thing that that allows people to have that flexibility. At weekend. the weekend, yeah. So, yeah, how many chippers yeah. do you think you've visited and eaten out of over the years? Oh, in the hundreds. <laughs> but it, again, it would it would be once a week. It, it's it's a Saturday night, and that's that's the main reason I even wanted to speak about it because so many people have that all or nothing approach. There, and I, I could be standing outside Sorrento's in Cove. And in the queue, in the queue. But you're not getting any grief as a fitness instructor that, in the queue for a chipper. <laughs> that's exactly the point I was going to bring up. <laughs> it's at a stage now where my wife has to queue up because if I'm in the queue, people are driving past, they're beeping at me, or someone is. What are you doing eating food like this? You know, you always get that comment, and it's it's, it's a massive misconception. You know, it, like since childhood, up the north is something we did every weekend, even whenever we travel down. You know, to, down south here very very same thing you know we look forward to a meal out or a takeaway or a bit of just traditional Irish food on the weekend you know okay. there's another few that I haven't mentioned whether you've actually checked them out or not what about Jackie Lennox's on the Bandon Road yeah years ago play, playing um, playing against any teams out in Ballyfehan and stuff like that Jackie Lennox is any, any young for the game in the 80s and 90s would remember that yeah do you love when they give you the extra scoop yeah, you, the extra scoop and, and years ago when they used to wrap it in the old newspaper, Maddie Kiley's was the very, very same. The old newspaper was like, uh, you, you knew you were getting a good bag of chips back then, you know? Yeah, you're not a, you're not a chips in a carton man yourself, are you? I'm not. No, no, no. Wrapped in paper. And yeah. do you know that Jackie Lennox years ago, I wonder do many chippers still do it? If there's kids in there with you, they'll always put maybe six or eight chips into a small bag and hand them to the kid while they're waiting, you know? Yeah, uh, Sorrento's is very like that in Cove. They're um, like I always say. I actually think I actually think you own Sorrento's, Martin. <laughs> I don't think Andrea owns it at all. I think it's you. <laughs> no, I, he, he, he's he's a client of mine. But like I you're said, a silent partner, then I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another one or two for you then. Barty's in Balafihan. Have you tried Barty's food? No, 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 never. Okay, so you need to check check that out because that's a super one. One or two more. I'm wondering, have you tried? Have you tried Wharton's in Bantry? No. Oh man, that is an incredible chipper. Yeah, that's a bit off the beaten track. Ah, yeah, but you never know over the summer. Yeah. Looney's in Mayfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've tried Looney's plenty of time. I was in the army for seventeen and a half years before before I became a high performance coach. So right. Looney's definitely would have been one. No one to choose there Wednesday evening. Yeah. What about? <laughs> oh yeah. What about you? Break the weekend rule for that one. What yeah, about Murphy's yeah. in Blackpool? Where is it? Murphy's Chipper in Blackpool. Murphs, I think, is it? Murphs. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> been there, done that. Me and her making a show on me here. <laughs> <laughs> and another one that yeah. I can highly recommend if you head west for a break over the summer is go down to the Dursey Cable Lighthouse to Murphy's at Dursey. They've got a fantastic chipper truck there. I'm talking about incredible food. Superb. I go to all these places and I recommend that you sent me and obviously there's, there's a bit of a discount or something. <laughs> it was pointless asking what was the best one you ever ate in because it would be Sorrento and Cove, will it? Yeah, do you know what? I, I no. If you go up the north, <laughs> anyone anyone that enjoys go bag of chips. Belfast is is chipper town. Do you know, on every street corner, if you go up the Falls Road, on every street corner, there's a really really good fashion. Why are they better? Stuff, you know? Do they use do they use fat instead of oil or what? 
just very, very traditional. Like, uh, up the north, they'd use very, very few frozen foods and stuff. It's fresh meat, it's fresh potatoes, you know, it's... it's um, I stay yeah. away from chippers with frozen chips, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, okay. So what's the plan for the weekend? Is it, don't say it's Sorrento and Cove. It's Sorrento's and Cove, Neil, on Saturday night. So, uh, like uh, I said, throughout the week, if, if I was to give people recommendations on how to actually be able to incorporate that in the weekend, um, I always tell people, massively, massively reduce the amount of processed foods that you're having throughout the week because there's there's not enough enzymes in them to be breaking down their body. You can create that toxic environment and the second one would be trans fats. You know, like the chip pan? Yeah. Um, yeah. They should be a thing of the past. There's air fryers. There's so many different ways now of cooking good, healthy food, especially people with children and getting that into the normal routine. So if people are eating nutrient-dense food throughout the week, you know, plenty of good potatoes, rices, pastas, all of those things, good fresh meat and vegetables. Do people live under the misconception that gluten-free is a kind of a diet aid, do you think? Gluten-free is a diet aid, Neil, because there is a lot of people that have intolerances to gluten. There's a lot of people who might even realise they have some intolerance to it. Um, I've worked with so many clients over the years where they've been bloated and they didn't even realise it because eating on the go, where they're, where they're constantly stressed, whether it's from college, and that resonates right through adult life, people can be bloated and not really understand it, you know, because obviously we have bad habits of eating so quick and eating on the go. I tell people, chew your food onto liquid. And the reason that is, okay, is if you're not chewing your food and digesting it properly, your stomach can't even determine, is, is this food that can be used for optimal health or is this a particular toxin that we need to remove, you know? And that's why people don't get the full nutrients from their food. They rush it, Eating too eat fast. it too quick. Yeah. Yeah. As we used to you say, to bolting your food years ago. Um, bolting your food, yeah. It's all going to change very soon, my man, when we get this um, weight loss injection. You know this one that uh, is being being touted about, it's just being licensed now across Europe and Ireland. It's a jab. Yeah, yeah, it's a disgrace. Um, Do you think? And it, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's another gimmick. Um, it, but it's, it's a gimmick, gimmick that might work, though. It, but it, it work for what? It's taking people away from uh, living a healthy lifestyle. Like, wh- what what example does a parent set by getting an an injection to their children? You know, it's 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 your actions on a day to day basis. I need to be setting examples. I know, but it's people. hard, isn't it? It's hard for people who've tried and tried and tried, but they just can't get the weight down. You think everybody it's, can? Absolutely. It's Neil. It's it's a mindset. Like I, I work as a high performance coach. One of the biggest pillars in my program is changing people's limited beliefs around things, changing people's perceptions. If if you can change that, you can maximize your potential with anything. It's very very straightforward but again it, the person just has to want to change um, and, and when you have a different outlook on, on, on anything in life it's very very easy to change anything like that so I you wouldn't be a fan of injections or gastric bands or bypasses or gastric absolutely, sleeves or anything absolutely not um, I, think it's, I think it's an absolute last resort people, people should look at because it's, it's not even just your health it's the people, people around you and, and the, the influence that you're setting for them the example that you're setting for them the average Irish adult to go over the age of 40 to on medication for the rest of their life. Whether you have a gastric band, whether you get these injections, that's not going to impact every other health factor. It's not going to impact your gut health, your digestion, your mental health, how you actually think. I don't know about that. I have spoken to people who have had different forms of bypass and they're over the moon about it and it has greatly uh, increased their happiness and personality. 
I disagree. Yeah, uh-huh. it, like so, some people, but not a huge percentage. I recommend a book for anyone listening. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. It's a guy who actually worked as um, a plastic surgeon. So he did so many different operations, hundreds and thousands of operations over the years. And he gives his memoirs of what he really, really seen the, the changes on people. Yes, there's going to be happiness physical on the outside. People feel that a little bit more significant. But it's going to cut them off in other aspects of life. You know, pe- people have so many different needs. And when they just focus on the physical aspect of how they look, that can cause a bit of a disconnect in other aspects of their life. Well, fair enough. I'll take that point, yeah. I mean, did, yeah. I mean, it is proven, isn't it, that bad food, too much fast food, too much processed food, too much sugar, too many carbs make you have a real impact on your mood and your personality and make you depressed. Yeah, well, not too many carbs, but the other things you listed off, like if, you, if you're taking in processed food, Neil, that has, it's full of preservatives. So it's supposed to last a long time on the shelf, but it's also going to last a long time in your body. Something can last two or three years on a shelf. Think of what happens when that goes into your body. Your mm. body hasn't got the enzymes, which, which are catabolic, and they break that food down. Whereas if you have nutrient-dense food, uh, potatoes, good clean vegetables, meat, they're full of enzymes. So the minute you digest that food, you eat it correctly, in a, in a parasympathetic state where you're relaxed and you're taking time to eat your food, your body's going to break that food down, yeah. use the nutrients from it, you feel better. Right? You want to move more, so straight away your body gets into a much, much better mental state. As yeah, but a lot of the time people are eating on the hoof or eating the wrong foods because they need to, they need food that can be prepared quickly because of their busy lives. I mean, do you, do you, when you shop, do you, do you look into people's trolleys? No, I wouldn't, but I, I, I give as much guidance as I possibly can. Like, p- people that work with me, I, I control their nutrition, so I try to take the thinking out of it, and then I educate them on it as well throughout the whole process. So there's no problem having quicker meals. Like, there's no problem. Uh, like, for me even, uh, sometimes I pick up ready meals. I, I might go to Marks and Spencer's or Aldi, and I might pick up a, a high-protein ready meal that I can pop into the microwave on a Tuesday or Wednesday if I'm really busy. But it, it, it's not even that the food, it's people need to take the time to sit down and digest it. Especially busy, busy people. They're constantly eating on the go. They're not even focusing on what they're eating. And again, it's causing all kinds of gut health issues, yeah. which I could talk all day about. Yeah, mealtime should be mealtime and it should be given time. Absolutely. Sit down, eat with people, breathe, have a glass of water, chew your food onto liquid, eat a 15-minute meal in 15 minutes. You shouldn't be trying to eat a 15-minute meal in five minutes yeah. and then causing all different health complications further down the road, you gotcha, know? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Great to catch up with you, Martin Brady. Good luck to you uh, down Cove Way. Undoubtedly, you still have many more chippers to visit, but there's a couple for you <laughs> you might want to yeah. check out. Oh, there's also one that I keep on hearing about, and that is down in Yall. What was it? Where was it? Oh, yeah, it should be Ro- the Roma Grill in Yall. Have you yeah. been there? I have, yeah. <laughs> any, any trips down to down to Perk or Yall Beach in the summer? Uh, I actually, I actually train two guys from. Well, they're in part of my program. They're the, the owners of of CrossFit Yall. Yeah. So, um, anytime I've gone down there in the past, I take a trip to Roma Grill. All right. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it can absolutely. be done. It can be done. Cheers, Martin. Good luck to you and to Roseanne. Thanks for taking the call. Perfect, Neil. Have a fantastic. All the best, day. you too. Bye-bye. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Brian says, uh, I don't care what anyone says. A lot of places are starting to make portions very small, but. My opinion, the best chips for value and taste is Murphy's Takeaway in Blackpool, says Brian. Fat Jacks and Blarney, best chips in Breast and a Bun in Cork, says Margaret. Ledgers and Mahan, fantastic food and staff, says Rita. Franks and Carrick Tool, best chips, says William. Lennox is in Middleton, best chipper in town. Uh, the Chunky Chip in Clonakilty, autism friendly, 
always take care of my granddaughter every Friday, says Mal. If it has to be the catch of the day from the van on the bridge in Kinsale. For someone who's always disliked fish, the fish here has me converted. And just two more. The Fry Guys, East Cork, and y'all is blessed having the Roma Grill. Actually, on the topic of uh, the Roma Grill, Linda, good morning. Good morning. Do you come from Clare? I do. But I you come don't. From a place called Kilkee in County Clare. Oh, I love it. I know Kilkee, West yeah. Clare, then. Yeah. So you yes. don't you don't drive from Kilkee to y'all just for chips, do you? Not not especially just for chips, but we do go there for the chips. <laughs> what is the is there a y'all connection in your life? There is. The love of my life with the y'all man. Right. So oh, you're so he's from y'all. So you visit yeah. y'all, and well down there you go to the Roma. We eat in the Roma all the time. Yeah. All right. What's yeah. and what's so what's so much better about it than the chippers and Kilkee? It's just everything is homemade and it's fresh. What do you have in Kilkee? Oh, I love the the square cod and chips. You can't, like you can't get a square cod. It doesn't f- swim around in the sea square. Oh, no. Oh, but it's beautiful. It's it gorgeously. But how do they make it square? It's called a square cod, a cod portion. But I, I, I would call it a square cod. The cod portion. They cut square. it square, is it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they cut it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fresh fish, though. It's fresh fish. All yes. right. Is that modified fish or genetically modified cod from the sea or anything? No, it's not. No, no. Are you heading down no, this? Yeah. Next on. weekend. Next weekend. We were there last weekend, so we're going to head down again next weekend. Yeah, yeah. And what about the chips? Oh, we have to have the chips. We can't leave without the chips. I get upset if I don't get to the Roma when I'm in y'all. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> Be a bad form for the week then. Oh. Doesn't, it doesn't settle well with me if I don't. But what's get to the, the problem in Kilkee? That's a fishing village. Yeah, but all their chips are all frozen chips. They're not fresh chips. I know. You need to do something about that. You need to get a petition. We don't going. have a local. We don't have a local. All our um, chippers are not. None of them are owned by locals. So, so they ju- so on that on that basis they couldn't be bothered having fresh chips, is it? No, no, uh, it's not. They don't go through the hassle of having fresh chips. <laughs> I would avoid yeah. any chipper that serves frozen chips. Well, we, I, I, I'm not really, I, I don't love the chippers at home. I don't. Two chippers in Ireland I love, and, and that's one in Yall and one in Limerick. Okay, well, we don't really want to know anything about the Limerick. Ones. I know, yeah. I know you don't. I know you don't. But they're the two chippers I love, I love in Ireland. Good luck to them in and Limerick. And I have traveled, traveled a good bit around, and they're two of the best chippers around. All right, Limerick. let me get through some more of the list, but thank you. Have a safe trip back to Yall this coming weekend. Kath, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are no, you? No, um, you're up in the Glen, is it, or is that where you go for your chips? Well, I I live in the Glen, but I there is a, a chipper here, Mister Kebab. It's not technically a chipper if it's a kebab shop, though, is it? They do everything. Okay, absolutely everything. They do pizzas, burgers, fish and chips, curries. They do kebabs. You name it, they do it. Chicken, everything. Please don't tell me now they've got frozen chips out of a bag. No. They don't. They do the proper big old-fashioned bag of big baiters of dirty chips. <laughs> with all the lovely crunchy bits in the bottom. What do you mean dirty chips? You know, proper decent big lumps of chips, hand-cut, not yeah. gone through a machine. Yeah, no, no. The two chip, no two chips are the same size, no two chips are the same thickness. I have a text here somewhere from someone who hates chips. Oh, here it is. I prefer all my chips the same length. But they oh, only no. do them the same length in Dublin, he says, says Tony. <laughs> 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 I 
No, all of these are different lengths, different sizes. Proper big baiters of duck <laughs> chips. And they're gorgeous. <laughs> and th- do they stick together? Some of them do. I hate it when, I hate when you get chips from a chipper and when you unwrap them, they're all stuck together like a big mess. No, you might only get one or two in the bag that maybe they wouldn't have cut them through properly. No, I don't you mean know, that. that I mean, they, they, at one time, be, no, one time in their life they would have been perfect individual chips, but when they're wrapped, they all just stick together like mush. Oh no, these don't stick together. I know, Dino's is they're, like oh, they're gone. Dino's chips, for some reason, all stay independent of each other. They lie down next to each other, but they're not yeah. cuddling. They're all just yeah. living their own these independent are. life. These are the same, and they do fabulous curry as well. You know, sometimes you get the curry, and the the sauce is obviously made out of a packet. Yeah. But this this is proper curry. Well, you know, you can, taste, you can taste the spices in it. You can see the fresh coriander in it. Does Mr. Kebab make his own curry sauce? I would I would say he does. We're checking I out. Say, I would say I would say he definitely does. Sure, that's a great that's a great idea. Now, I mean, I assume you go for long walks in the Glen, which is a real jewel in the crown of the North Side. Do you walk the old Glen? Oh, I do. The park. I do. Yeah, yeah. So a good walk in the Glen Park, followed by. Followed by a big bag of dirty chips. Yeah. Big bag of dirty chips. With the crispy bits at the bottom. With the crispy bits at the bottom. You have to have them. All right. Okay. Nice one, Kath. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, man. All right. There are loads of these. Loads and loads. Actually, I got a big surprise there some weeks ago. I wouldn't have usually associated KC's with fish and chips. You know, you'd go for cheeseburgers and a lot of the different kebab type things and wraps they do. But I did get some fish and chips there. Um, or my daughter was down there, brought me back some fish and chips. It was absolutely incredible. The, the fish and chips in KC's, it's somewhat different to normal fish and chips in the sense that it's strips of fish. You get like maybe six long, thick strips of haddock or hake or cod. And there's absolutely gorgeous. And so it's almost as if they're not quite battered and not quite breaded, but somewhere in the middle. It was absolutely tickety-boo. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. New year, new number for Neil. 0818 and, of course, uh, the weekend also features Mother's Day. And in association with Shandon Flowers, thank you to Stacey, as usual, for all big events like this. She's on board. We have six bunches of bouquets of flowers to give away uh, tomorrow, Friday. Might even get to one today or maybe even two. You'd never know. But certainly tomorrow for Mother's Day on Sunday. So to be in with a chance to win, you need to tell us all about your mother and why she means the world to you and why she should deserve to win one of our bouquets of flowers from Shandon Flowers for Mother's Day at the weekend. Can I just, because a lot of people went to an awful lot of effort to answer our survey on chippers, and of course we dealt with a lot of them already. Kylie's of Cork is fantastic, been there a few times since it reopened and well worth a visit. Yeah, I keep forgetting to go in and check it out, I must do. I hear they kind of like have some very interesting, um, you know, different quirks on the menu, which is, I think they do a sandwich as well, from a butty, I think. Billy's drive through in Bandon, um, and also the Lantern in Enniskeen, says Ethna. Giovanni's and the Rossa Grill in Clonakilty, and the Chunky Chip are nice. Uh, Looney's in Mayfield, being given great service to people in Mayfield for over 40 years or more. I have to say their food is first class, Staff are brilliant, and Timmy himself is a gentleman. Uh, Murphy's Chipper and Blackpool, 100% says Kathleen. Wharton's Wild Atlantic Way, Fish and Chips and Bantry, best tasting 
uh, chips in Cork. So fresh, huge portions, wrapped in paper, old style. And just another few, the Village Friar in Kilworth, Luigi's in Mitchellstown, the Wimpy in Fromoy, real spuds in all of these, says Bat. And Bat knows his chippers. Denny's in Glenmire, chips the old way and sheets of paper. Thank you for those. I'll do some more of those shout-outs between now and midday today. But I just want to get back to my phone lines and then back to texts and emails between now and midday. But this is a new story that's just come to our attention and Marilyn is here to share. Marilyn, good morning. It's about your ma'am, isn't it? Yes, it is. Good morning. Good morning. Let's see if there's somebody can help you. So just talk me through it. I know your mum's 93 and she had a fall out of bed, was it? Yes, um, over three weeks ago, she was ill the previous day and her her legs were kind of part of the problem in that her, her legs weren't working anymore. So when she went to get out of the bed in the middle of the night, she basically fell helplessly, you know, onto a fireplace and she sustained some horrendous injuries. Oh, dear me. She the, yeah, yeah, okay. That involved uh, four broken ribs, wasn't it? She broke four of her ribs. She had a large laceration on her right hand. She broke her wrist oh. on her left hand. Uh, she had a hematoma outside and inside the head. Oh, dear me. So she, she was in a train crash. She wouldn't have sustained as many. I know. Days. Was there somebody in the house at the time? Yes, there was someone in the house. And there, there's always someone in the house. But it was just one of those unfortunate things, you know, that... She just felt she could get out of the bed and she wasn't, you know, she wasn't able to get out of the bed, you know, so it was a very sad thing, very, very sad thing that happened. So to hospital by ambulance? Uh, Yes, she was taken to hospital and she spent two weeks in hospital and uh, initially they kind of decided she was coming home on palliative care, but thankfully she kind of took a turn for the better. And she didn't come home in palliative care, but we still got the bed and that, you know, the hospital bed to yeah. make sure she was safe. And, yeah. you know, we're all minding her now. She's on 24-hour watch at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, she, is she conscious and, and talking? Oh, and, she is. And yeah. she's lucid, you know. She's yeah. she's a mighty force, sore. actually. She'd be she sore, yeah. But she's, she's in a lot of pain, kind of with the hand that's broke. Uh, they put kind of, I think it's called a, a back slap uh, plaster on it, where it's not a complete cast. So the hand is just resting on a cast, but because they can be swelling, they don't plaster the top part of the hand. Yeah, I know. They know best. So I know. She's through be, the wars. Yeah. She has been through the wars, and it needs to be re x rayed and re plastered in particular because she is in discomfort with her hand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, and hopefully she'll make a 100% recovery in time. Um, Now, but she'll be in and out of the house, back and to and from hospital and appointments. And and talk to me about that aspect of it. There's an issue with regards to access to the in and out of the house, isn't it? Yes. Well, uh, thankfully, when when mum came home, the ambulance service brought her home. And, you know, because they know how to handle people and that they brought mum down the steps. And that made things very easy. But then when it came, she's waiting on an appointment now to get her hand replastered, which I think should be fairly soon. And we actually have no idea how to get up. There's like six steps, you know, up from her door. And those steps are waiting for us when we come back. And, 
we can't kind of manhandle her due to her ribs being broken, due to her wrist being broken. She's also in heart failure, unfortunately. But I would have thought, I know know there's an access issue, but wouldn't you think that she really would be qualified, her situation would qualify her to go back and forth by ambulance, no? Well, of course, that would make sense to you you or I and most, but the facility isn't there. Isn't it? It isn't there. I contacted the hospital. I contacted um, my own GP. I contacted another hospital and the facility just it isn't there for hospital appointments. It would be in the transport of patients home, but not for hospital appointments. And when I did speak to the hospital and the staff nurse, she could not have tried any harder for me. You know, she genuinely did try, but the facility is not there, which is why I'm, ring- I'm ringing you. Because but did the nurse give you any other options or would there no. be a public health nurse calling on your mum? Uh, we've we've done all that. We've spoke to... I've exhausted all avenues, <laughs> to be honest. So nobody's giving you any advice it. or direction as to how her home could be adapted to her needs? We're not talking about a stair lift upstairs or anything. We're talking about access in and out of the house. It's, it's just basically access. Like, if I was to be honest, that gentleman that came back on the phone, Seamus, yeah. he suggested a ramp. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. But if you, it's very steep. You know, the steps are they're a decline. You know, they're they're steep. I'm not sure if a ramp would work, but it certainly would be a good suggestion. It, it would work. It would just mean the ramp would need to be longer so that the slope would be less progressive, you know? Um, yeah, maybe, she, yeah. Would she be going in and out in a wheelchair? Um, yes, yes. Yes, she would. Yes. And nobody, and so, so nobody within the health service at all has come up with um, a ways and means of making that happen? No. No, to be honest, no. It was kind of more of of a case of one person a person passing it onto the other person and passing it back, but it always came back to us. So a ninety three year old with four bro- broken ribs, a broken wrist, lacerations to the hand, hematoma to the head. Yes. Very very sore. Weeks in hospital. Yes. Um, yes. And very very feeble, as you can and imagine. Very feeble. You know? Yeah. And brittle. And, very and, br- feeble. and very brittle bones as well. I would imagine. Oh, she has osteoporosis. She has COPD. She's in heart failure. She. All the kind of things, I suppose, you know, that you will get when you reach that age in life. But yeah, and are we talking about your mam in the city, the suburbs, or the county, or where? She lives in the north side. On the north side, yeah. Paddy O'Brien is the man to chat about that, I'd say. Okay, and who's he? Um, well, he does. He's an advocate for the elderly, and he does an awful lot of work and intervention on behalf of the elderly. No, I'll I'll chat to him about it. I'll see if Thank I can get you. him on the air. I mean, it would be a wonderful thing if somebody was in a position. Uh, because clearly the health service can't or won't do it, and you you know it's like your mother's your mother's trapped basically. Well, we're trapped, you know. As such, she's you know oblivious to this, even though she, when she keeps mentioning the pain in her hand, the first thing she, when am I getting it fixed? When am I getting it fixed? And we we could have an appointment either tomorrow, Monday, or you know a couple Dad, of days. I think that's an ambulance call out, Marilyn. I know I keep going back to it, but. I think it's the professionals. I think it's that's a job for paramedics. Um, I agree with you, Neil, but it's it's not there. Like I have genuinely, in relation to the HSC, I have exhausted all avenues. And I would think that paramedic. I know there are paramedics listening to this program. I even got a text from a paramedic this morning. I, I think they'd have they'd be very very happy to do a call out there. You know, if it were down to them. If it was down to them, she's a ninety-three-year-old Irish woman. Like, not that it matters where she's from, but she's you know ninety-three years yeah. living in the country and you know rearing a family yeah. and 
probably worked on and it. It's not, it's not that I was met with a kind of dismissiveness with anyone that I spoke to. It was just the facility is not there. You know, it was they were holding their hands up as well. The facility is not there. But it still came back to with the question of, well, then how am I going to cope with this? How am I going to deal with this? You never know. Somebody might be listening to this and might want, want to wish to install a ramp for you. It could be a metal framed one. It could be a concrete one. I don't know. Somebody might be listening and they might be moved enough to say, I want to help. You know, if that happens, fantastic. But like her yeah. house, her home needs to be adapted for the rest of her life now. Well, yes, for what's left, yes, in yeah. her life, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to do a few things here. Encourage if somebody's listening that wants or thinks that they may be able to do something to adapt those steps for your ma'am, they would please mm-hmm. get in touch with me. We'll also get in touch with Paddy O'Brien, ask him what's the best way to to navigate through this. And and the third point, contact the HSE to see if they will reverse the decision not to provide her with uh, with ambulance transportation, okay? Or I was, even this might be extreme, but I was thinking myself that maybe there might be someone there, you know, with a private ambulance service that might, you know, you could might be, consider yeah. bringing her in. That could be expensive, though. Yeah, maybe you know, so, yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe so, yeah. But, it, you know, I suppose the end of it is that somewhere or another we have to manage this, but my frustration is that that service is not there. You know, and it doesn't, it, when it don't make sense to me because I know in England any any elderly person, if they have an appointment, is taken to hospital and brought home. It, it would make standard sense that that would be done. She's 93 years old. She's been through yes. the wars. She should be picked up by oh ambulance and brought to her appointment and brought home again. I mean, without and, any and I don't think there's any paramedic or ambulance person listening to this would disagree with me. So, no, le- le- no. let's it'll be midday now before we can take a look at this. All right. So we certainly okay. will. Okay. So okay. be back to you. Seamus will so be back to you, Marilyn. All right. All right, thank you for taking the call. Thank okay, you so take much. care. That's Bye. Ireland in 2022. And I gave you some other examples of our health service earlier on this morning without needing to overly, overly depress you. Text 086-8104-106 if you can help on this. You never know. You may be in a position to intervene. Don't know how, but you could well be someone that might be able to help in this situation. Get in touch. Text 086-8104-106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter. At Neil Red FM. Okay, over 20% of positions, particularly with regards to consultants in Irish hospitals, remain unfilled. And I was talking earlier in the week of the nearly 1 million. It's well over 900,000 people on waiting lists, and over 100,000 of those are children. So it goes from bad to worse. Yet in America, they're lauding the Taoiseach for handling the Irish health system as well as he has. Well, I would hate to see if he was handling it badly. Um, yesterday, I spoke with Chris on air, um, and she has been suffering with bouts of depression, deep depression, since she was 16. She's in her mid-20s now. She had a couple of visits to various A&Es, two in particular at the Mercy, where she really wanted to be seen by um, a psychiatric services or at least be kept in because she, on one occasion, was in uh, and brought to uh, the hospital by ambulance because of a tablet overdose. One of the incidents that she had in one of the hospitals was that she walked out in her pyjamas and ended up walking down through Patrick Street and, uh, you know, trying to get credit for a phone and trying to get a taxi home. She was that distraught. So chatting with me on air. Now, you know, she's got a great doctor and the doctor's been trying to do the best with regards to appointments and contacts or uh, trying to get some kind of cons- counselling or help 
uh, through the uh, public system but is having absolutely no joy. Uh, she was just sent home. Uh, how you would send somebody home who was brought in after an overdose of tablets, I have no idea, but that's what happened. But during my conversation with her, I told her I would get in touch with the Hazelton Clinic uh, and Gerda Palavachita is the clinical manager there. We've spoken to them and used them in the past and I'm happy to say they've always been very kind to us uh, down through the years and and they're, and they're coming up trumps again with regards to uh, Chris. So just a quick call on that. Gerda, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Nick? I'm well, thank you. And again, thank you to all of the staff, all of the clinicians and your good self for being around when we need a little bit of help. Are, are you okay just to maybe organise an appointment for Chris? I We have already been in touch with Chris actually yesterday and further steps have been taken already. Okay, so she must be very relieved and happy with that phone call. I really hope so, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, we we offered her a few counselling sessions free of charge. I hope that will help. Absolutely. It will make a huge difference to her and get her on the right road to recovery. You will work also with um, and compliment her GP and the medication that she's on, obviously. Um, we will take it once once the um, counselling sessions are completed, and if she needs any psychiatric services, we will get in touch with the GP and collaborate and see if we can help with okay. medication okay. And, and monitoring yeah. it that way. Because yeah, she's got a long life ahead of her, and we want it to be as happy yeah. a life as possible, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Have you ever heard of a story? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but have you ever heard of stories like this where people have? gone into hospital with suicide attempts or ideation and, and been left to walk out? Um, I've heard many stories like that before, yes. I've been working for the Hazelton for the last um, seven or eight years. So we have um, we have heard many stories like that. And it's very sad to hear and we're here to help as much as possible. But obviously a lot of people can't afford to go uh, privately because it's so expensive mm. and they're so frustrated including the children which they have no help whatsoever with their waiting list of four to five years. Good God. Here. Yeah. Um, so we are trying to do as best as possible but Four to five years to see a counsellor or a psychiatrist? Uh, for let's say um, some sort of uh, help um, in diagnosis or maybe Maybe some uh, treatment in, in and help us. Yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't surprise uh, me. Four to five years for no. diagnosis. It, it shouldn't. But yeah. but 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 for children, that is for very children. very very long. Yeah, because exactly. early intervention is very important, is it not? It is indeed. It helps a lot. Once you start early in the days, you can kind of try and um, monitor them and, and help them to develop uh, skills that they need to cope during school and at home with parents and involved with other children, etc. But when they're left alone with no any help and no tools to cope with, they're just go, going downhill. And, and Gerda, when you compare us to other countries in Europe, um, how, how do we stack up? Are we the worst or, we, or are there worse than us? Uh, I can't really comment on that, to be honest. I do, I'm not sure. Um, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be aware yeah, well, I was of in Spain. I was in Spain for a few days last week, uh, down around mm-hmm. um, um, Alicante, and a, a couple of tour guides asked both of them about their health system and their welfare system, and they were very proud of their health system. It would be unheard of. In Spain, I'm told, to be putting um, up with what Irish people do. Pr- 
Probably they're a bit better, but, but as I said, I can't comment on it. Back uh, back in my country as well, I know that the services are available. Where is that? Maybe they're costly uh, in Lithuania. In Lithuania, much better health system. Yeah. They have a little bit better system than Ireland indeed, but it, it, it's getting tough. It's getting tough as well, to be honest. Oh, okay, okay. Well, listen, I just wanted you to jump on because I obviously wanted to come back and revisit the story. And I'm always very grateful to the Hazelton Clinic for anything that we ask them. I don't want to become a nuisance to you, but thank you so much for intervening on behalf of Chris. It's very Great. kind of you. No worries at all. My pleasure. Okay, and I hope to chat with Chris maybe in some weeks' time to see how she's getting on. Thank you, Garda. Regards to you all. Thank you, Neil. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye-bye. Text 86 Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And our time capsules, you can write a little note in the census. And we had, uh, you know, some lovely calls on that over the past couple of days. Been asking people to call and to text. With regards to the time capsule, I just hope that there will even be someone there to open the messages in a 100 years' time with the way the climate change is happening and destroying the planet. Another one, what I put in my time capsule will be redacted like an FBI file because the snowflakes will all feel insulted. Um, Government knows my name, address, PPS number, the number of kids I have. They also know where I work, how many penalty points I have on my driving license. Last Sunday, I sent the census person away from my door It's nobody's business what I believe and who I prefer in my bed and so on. So are you telling me that you didn't take the census from the census person? You refused to accept it? I think that's an offence, you know, not to fill in the census form. I think you could find yourself with a very hefty fine. Now, what happens if you don't pay it? I don't know, but that's my understanding of it. You have to fill it in. You don't have to do anything apart from dying, I suppose, and maybe paying taxes, but I believe you also have to fill in the census form. Hope you get to read this out on Thursday or Friday of this week. Here are some of my ideas to put on the 2020 census form to be read in 100 years, says Torren. Uh, three different topics. Have Apple paid the billions that they owe the Irish state yet? I hope we finally attained a 32-county United Ireland. And has Cork become the official capital of Ireland yet? <laughs> be interesting to see what the answers to those will be in a hundred years time anyway we keep those coming text 0868104106 emma good morning good morning how are you ah the weekend ahead is mother's day it's mother's day it is i'm yeah. excited myself because i have my own two my own two smallies how old, so are, are they are they too small to buy anything um, well, to be honest, they are and they're not. My three-year-old, um, she she clearly is not going to have money. But with my, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm her bank. But my eight-year-old, then you know, I give her chores to kind of do throughout the house, and yeah. then she gets her pocket money and saves this. So she's promising me now all week that she's going to buy me a little surprise out of her pocket money. And it, will that be the first God, Mother's Day us. gift you'll ever get? My first Mother's Day gift? No, it won't be my first Mother's Day gift because I suppose my oldest now is eight. But you know, it's not it's not about the big things that we get. It's just, you know, the small little cards you now that they make in school and they bring home. Uh, that's fine for a child, but flow. if a husband were to do something like that for a birthday present, he'd be bait out the door. Uh, exactly. Ah, sure, I got you a lovely card. <laughs> it's the you words on now, the card that matter. I'm actually separated from the kids' fathers, but 
he does every birthday and Mother's Day get a cards and flowers from the kids to give to me. Ah, so I think that's, that's actually lovely. really nice. We have a good, we have a good co-parent. That's lovely, us as Emma. Well. Tell me about your own mam, though. So right, I actually entered the competition, you know, yourself. So it was just to explain about my own mam. Like I know everyone is going to say that their mam is the best and they're one in a million but like in my eyes to me my mum really is she's the rock to our family she has kept every single one of us together through the good times the hard times when we needed her the most she was there when when even when she needed herself and couldn't help herself she put all her problems aside and she she made sure that we didn't see her her problems was there, was there one particular period in, in life where that shone through? No, to be honest, um, it, there has been a period when my own sister committed suicide. Oh. And I, I'm not going to get upset now about this. Oh. But, like, do you know, they say you can see you can see in somebody's eyes, do you know, the shine in their eyes that when they're happy? Yeah. Since that happens, and when I look at my mum, like, most days, I can't see that shine in her eyes anymore. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's understandable. You, you can see someone's sadness through their eyes, and I, I do, I do see that through my man's eyes. And why I entered it, honestly, was I'd love it for, for a surprise, you know, just for the knock on the door, and to be there, because I'm always here with my kids, and that if she did win the bunch of flowers, that, would that would that just even bring a little spark into her eyes to know that we're thinking about her, that we're here for her? I know. Do you know because she goes above and and she she's she's my star, she's my moon, she's my sun, she's everything. I know. She and you were saying actually that you, you said that while she's solid rock keeping the family together, you believe that she herself is pretending to be okay. When I you know really, that I, she's not. I, I don't even think it. I know it. Like, every single day, I know she finds it hard to get of over Of course she'd find it hard. I, can, I can't imagine how hard all of you find it. I, like, you know, now, I, I kind of... I, I, I sold you on, and so does my other sisters, because we're kind of here for each other. But, you know, like, between her now and my own, and my dad as well, like, you know, she has to... I think she feels like she has to stay... So and how does your dad is your dad dad coping I wonder um, do you know I think they're both they're, they're the same but they hide their pain for us but we know we know they're going to be in pain and that pain's never going to go away because I feel it myself and even speaking about it right now I have a little talk in my head I, I can even cry right now yeah you know yeah. but it's just she really does go above and beyond for everybody. Like her grandchildren, my daughters, when I was working, like when my sister goes out to work, she we have two family dogs. She makes sure that they like the dog now, now as an this is actually what she did yesterday before I got my dinner. She cooked the dogs, Bodie and Jackson. They got rice and chicken and they she made sure that they got their dinner before we got our dinner. dinner. They had a better dinner they, than they I did. The family. <laughs> you know, she's like she's trying to do all them small little things and she's keeping it all going out. But it'd be great to get um, the light back in her eye, wouldn't it? 
I'd love to see it. I know. Now, of course, I'm going to get us something myself, Neil, you know? Yeah, yeah. But with, with everything that's going on with the pandemic. And, yeah, that old fucking pandemic. You know, and, and the, exactly. Like, like, thank God we're coming out of it. But, you know, try, even trying to get jobs now in this day and age and stuff, I'm not financially stable that I used to be before. I'm not going to be able to get her all the things that I used to I be know. able to have before, what's you know? What's your mum's name? Like, Dina. Where is she living? Out for this. We're actually living in a, in the north side, and she's originally from, oh, what's the name of the road? Baker's Road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baker's Road is originally... Ah, uh, listen, let's, let's see if we can put a bit of a sparkle back in her eyes. I'd love, I'd love... a bouquet of flowers for the day that's in it. I know it's, oh, I know it's tomorrow I know I'll be doing it's most of them, but... It's something small, but you know, it's just the fact that when you open the door and it's like, oh, this is for me. You know, just, just that nice, happy little feeling for the day that, sh- that we're thinking about Absolutely. her. Absolutely. It's a surprise, you know? Absolutely. And it's That's even this, even it's this conversation with me, hopefully, will make her feel a little bit more positive oh, exactly. Or, or when happy. she hears this, she, she'll you see, cause like, uh, I mean, I can't... She will, but deep down, she'll be proud, you know? <laughs> she'll be... She will. She will. And you know what? Just like, I'm, pr- just like, I'm proud of her. Yeah. Okay. I am. I'm proud of her. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, let's make that happen, all right? And uh, I wish your mum well. And your dad, too. Bouquet of flowers. Hopefully, they'll feel an extra bit I of a pep in her step on the weekend. it gives her a little pep in yeah. her step for the weekend. And I have a good day planned for Sunday and I was on myself. Is it a surprise? So, do you know what? Is it, well, if she, if she, will she hear this before Sunday? <laughs> you tell me. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to spoil any surprise. Oh, uh, no. Well, do you know what? No, I suppose we're after getting her in. Like, it's a big use. She only got a, a bat installed into the house because she's having back problems and stuff. <laughs> so um, we went to me and got her, like, um, a, big, a big massage chair thing that she can sit in. Oh, we all came no. together to get that because they were expensive, though, to be fair. But then with myself, then and my kids, we're going to go in and we're going to get a load of arts and crafts and we're going to try and make our own big, huge, like, you know, collage. Like on a big huge canvas of like throughout the years from us being babies. Oh, photo collage is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to try to do something personal now this year with her. She so, will love no. that massage chair, and she'll love the photo mas- photo montage as well. Yeah, and she I'm really excited now as well to make it with the kids. You know, so it's lovely that, chatting yeah, with yeah. you, Emma. It's really lovely chatting with you. So that's a uh, done deal, anyway. You. Shandon Flowers will organise a bunch of bouquet of flowers for Mother's Day for your mum. All right. I appreciate that. Right, Thank girl. you so 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 much. Take care. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. See you, Emma. Thank you. Bye. 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 Linda, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. I'm just listening to Emma there and I'm thinking, oh my God, what yeah. a fabulous daughter. You know, absolutely. And because you can understand why the light would go out of a mother's eye absolutely. if you lost a child. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's all so sad. Yeah. Isn't it? There's an awful lot of strength required to keep going, you know. I know we were yeah. we were chatting about this yesterday and we were talking about, you know, the loss of a son and the loss of a wife all within the space of, you know, we were talking about, uh, I was talking to, to Brian Canty about his wife, Elma, who died. But previous to that, his son, Ben, died. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can't understand. A loss of a child must be just... Yeah, horrendous for any mother. Yeah, you know, so yeah, hopefully yeah. a bouquet of flowers make a difference. In, in, in your yeah. own case, um, yeah. sadly, your, your mum has passed away, has she? Yeah, it's her anniversary this weekend, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, how, yeah. so, how long gone? Uh, 11 years, 11 I years, yeah. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, it would have been for her, but 
soon as, no, she'll get her flowers outside as well. But yeah, it's just my daughter has had her first baby. Um, he's eight weeks old. She's actually downstairs now. <laughs> listening to this. And um, what is it like what to be a granny? I'm your granny to three gorgeous, oh, gorgeous no, children. I have a four thing. and a half year old, a one year old, and this little fella as well. But it's Lou's first mum's Mother's Day, so um, and she's been wonderful for the last eight weeks. She's been a great little mum. I love the so, baby's um, name. Yeah, Finn. <laughs> he's just he's adorable. Why as, Finn? As Why my did other you two. decide yeah. on Finn? I don't know. I think it was kind of a decision between both her partner and herself. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like an ad- so, um, adaptation of Fionn, a very old Irish name. Yes, I think Fionn was in the mix, but they changed it, I think, to Finn then. So, Great yeah, name. I love it. Yeah, Strong it's name, isn't they it? love it. Yeah, it's lovely. Can't be, can't be shortened. <laughs> well, you can lengthen it, all right, but I've been pulled up on that, apparently. <laughs> How would you lengthen it? I have my own little nickname for him, but what is uh, we it, won't like go into that. is it? <laughs> No, no. Fin- I won't even say. Finbar? Finbar? No, no. Finney? <laughs> yeah. Finney! Yeah, Finney! We don't want to watch you! No, it's Finney Finn, actually. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, I'd um, say leave it alone, Linda. Leave it no, alone. No, we leave it with the Finn. It's Finn gone, yeah. The nickname has gone out the door. The nickname has gone so out the door, yeah. It's the yeah. first time we've got a mother wanting to get bouquet of flowers for her daughter. But it's a new one yeah. on me. No, because... Like she travelled a lot when, in, before she settled down with, uh, with her partner, and uh, she never, ever, ever forgot Mother's Day, no matter where she was Canada, Asia, Australia. I always got the beautiful message, and I always got the parcel, no matter where she was. So it's just her mo- mo- first Mother's Day, and just, you know, I'd like it to be a special one for her and one to remember. Nice so to have her back then as well. Ah, uh, she's been back a few years now, but um, yeah, never forgets Mother's Day. And even Sunday, she has breakfast planned for both of us before she goes off and spends Mother's Day with her partner and her new baby. So oh, lovely. she just never forgets. Yeah, she's just she's just a special girl. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, listen, hang in there. I'm going to get another few calls on the air and see absolutely, how we go with absolutely. it. All right. But lovely to share for now, and thank you for it. Let me get one or two more on. Um, I mean, it, it's not the late late show. It's not one for everyone in the audience. Although I do believe I have some fabulous hair vouchers to give away as well from Joe's Hair Salon and Glasheen. He's given me a, something like half a dozen 50 euro vouchers. So I'll throw those in the mix as well tomorrow. And thank you for those, Joe. Grace, good morning. Hi. Your mam is Kathleen. She is. We seem to make a much bigger deal, do we, about Mother's Day than Father's Day. Do you have any opinion <laughs> on that? <laughs> well, I suppose the mothers do deserve it as well. They work so hard. Yeah, but I mean, what do you give? I'm just curious. What do you give a dad on Father's Day? Is it a mug? Uh, is it a voucher um, for a car wash? Is it a new tie? What like? <laughs> There's so much you can do. I suppose a lot of them they won't even go to spa for our treatment. But I suppose not my thing anyway. No, way. that's for sure. But <laughs> they, they, I'm always told to that it, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. But I'm also told that every day is Father's Day anyway. <laughs> I don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be drawn into that. Anyway, tell me about your mum. Oh, she's amazing, I suppose. Where could you even start? Um, there's, well, there's six of us. She, sadly, I suppose, lost our sister in 2003. Oh. Um, so, but she's done it all on her own. Like, over the years, she's an absolute trooper. Like, words can't even comprehend. She's just amazing. Did she rear um, you single-handed then? She did, yeah. How many of you? There's five of us. And did your sister die young, well, was it? My sister died, yeah, in 2003. Oh, dear. In January, yeah. Um, but, you know, she'd run the road 
for anyone, like family, friends, anyone that knows her will tell you she's a heart of gold. Like, um, but I suppose it just got hard for her when she had her stroke. Did she? Um, she suffered a stroke. She, did her health decline or did she recover? Or what? Um, she had 11 mini strokes <sighs> and we never knew until she had a major stroke in 2016. Um, it really did affect her because she got put, she wasn't left drive and she was the type of person growing up, if anyone needed a lift, she'd be out at four o'clock in the morning to collect. Yeah, I know. Yeah, friends, yeah, you know yeah. She was that type of person. Where's she, she from? We're in Fairhill. And what's her name? Sorry. What's her name? Kathleen. So Kathleen was that's right. She told me that. So she was a very independent woman, and she liked to be able to get up yeah, and get out whenever she like wanted. Little things, her gardening, like that, like her thing with her dad before he passed was the gardening. She learned every trick in the book. She'll tell you if something a plant is dead, she'll bring it back to life. That's the type of person. Green fingers. Is she incapacitated <laughs> now? She can't do any of that now. No. She's gotten way better, so it was really hard. Um, all her side was affected, the speech, everything. Um, but now she does, she's absolutely flying it. Now she'll still struggle. She can't do long walks and things like that. Um, and never complains, I bet you. No, never, never gives never out about Never will want to complain, will never ask for a helping hand. Would rather get on and do it herself. She's just amazing, even with the grandkids. She's. I, I can't even explain it. Like they're they're her favourite. Have you children? I'm actually going to have my first on Sunday. <laughs> what this Sunday? This Sunday I'm being induced in hospital. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I don't have to give you any flowers. You're giving her the best present of them all, a baby, best grandchild. Present. She's so excited. She's literally telling everyone this this is under no grace going in. She's going in for the baby. <laughs> so she's absolutely buzzing just to have a bit of life again, you know. How do you um, feel about Sunday? You're nervous? Oh, I'm terrified for my first because the stories you hear, like, with induction and this knows what's going to happen and that's going to happen, but... Is that all your pals is. telling you that, is it? Oh, yeah, family, friends, the whole lot. But then my mum is like, you'll get through it. <laughs> I did it with all of you. I can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> Forgive me, but there'll be an epidural involved in that. Oh, I don't, I hope not. I hope I can do it. I hope I can be like my man now and be strong. Oh, for God's sake, for, for, what are you doing that for? That's painful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everyone says it to me, just get the epidural and you can get it over and done with and then come home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen, best of luck on Sunday. Boy or a girl? Uh, boy. Name or not? We do have a name, but we're going to keep it a surprise for her. Oh, I, won't, I won't tell anyone, her. you're just telling me. <laughs> James. I know you clown, you told everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Cats out of the back now. <laughs> I don't know should, I don't know what to do with you, whether you should be getting the flowers on Sunday or your mother should be getting the flowers well, on Sunday. Well, my mum, 100%, she deserves every flower she can get. <laughs> right, okay, well, listen, make sure you're listening tomorrow, all right? I will, of course. <laughs> Take care for now. <laughs> Cheers, Grace. Um, that's amazing. The stories within stories. Megan, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm good. I'd say this will be the last one. So what have you got for me? You'd love to give your mam a bouquet of flowers for Mother's Day. Why? I would. Um, my mom she had, a, she had a tough time recently. Um, she was re-diagnosed with breast cancer Christmas week um, after beating it for the first time. Um, 22 years ago. God, that's a long time ago to have beaten it first time around, isn't it? It was, it was. But, you know, 
she's done it the first time so as she said she'll do it the second time yeah, yeah. again do you know she's a very positive person and I think that's important because there are other people going through it as well you know be it the first time they've been diagnosed or maybe the second time like my mum you know and she says you're halfway through your journey if you have a positive attitude and that's kind of what she keeps up and she never complains Never and she's dead right in that regard. The positive you know attitude makes That's a big difference said. to your health. It does. It does. You know, like she always says to people, because people do come up to her because they would know her from the first time she was sick and they say, you know, so-and-so has it now. Like, what advice did you give them? And, you know, she always says there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it can be blurry sometimes. You know, it might be hard to see, but she's very just, you know, get up and get on with it. And was that a recent diagnosis? Yeah, just Christmas, just gone, yeah. Just gone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the same time, it comes as a shock and a disappointment. And uh, clearly, she's obviously worried. Uh, it, lo- so. it does, of course. It's yeah. news nobody wants to get. Yeah. A lot of the time, mams will say, I'll be grand and, you know, best foot forward. So I'm going to stay positive. They, they say that because they don't want to be upsetting or worrying people, you know? Do you know what she does now? She's very honest with me. And she says, I'll, I'll hide nothing from you. You know, you're, you're here with me. You're doing it with me. Um, but she, do you know what she is? Because it's hard enough. She's strong, yeah. Yeah. She is, you know, it's hard enough on herself as well. Like, and we have a great family, and everyone's very supportive, and we're always there for each other. So, she's not on her own going to it. I know, you know what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. I know, I know. And your mum, Eileen, where does she live? She's from Mayfield. All right, it's all Northside calls on Mother's Day this morning. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. All the Northside mammies. Yeah. Does anybody love their mammies on the South Side? I wonder, Megan. <laughs> I you know. I say so. Actually, everyone loves their mammy. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow I'll get calls from some some yeah. Southsiders <laughs> wanting flowers for their mammy. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, stay listening anyway, buddy, if you do, all right? I will. Bring all right, girl. Take care for now. Okay. Right. Um, I have a lot to do tomorrow on Mother's Day, so do get involved in the conversation. We have bunches of flowers to give away uh, for Mother's Day. Um, and you can share your stories by text. Text 0868104106. So if you have a tale that you'd like to share, very interesting and lovely stories this morning. Um, you can also do so by email. Email Neil at redfm.ie. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number 0818104106. Thank you so much. Pam from uh, Occasions in Print got in touch with me. She says, just listening to your caller about the photo collage mentioned, I'd be happy to do this for them. Kindest regards, says Pam from Occasions in Print. That's so kind of you. In fact, I would encourage anybody to get those done. They're a fabulous, fabulous idea because a lot of the time we store our photographs in our mobile phones. I know you can still print them and go to Harvey Normans and stuff like that or go, you know, camera shops and things. But, you know, a lot of them don't get printed anymore and they just get lost on your phone and all these memories are gone. Like years ago, we boxes and boxes and boxes on videotapes and everything. So it's a wonderful idea to get a, get photo montages done. We've done it in the past. We've done it by hand, though. My daughter's brilliant at that kind of thing. My apologies. I didn't get to any of the transgenderism, transgenderism comments from yesterday's program. So we'll come back to that in the morning and squeeze in as much as we can. But I want to love you and leave you for the day that's in it with a piece that featured yesterday morning on Breakfast with Kira, Laura and Rob. I think it's probably the first time that I became, I was actually the focus of a quiz game. Um, and <laughs> it was a lot of fun. The lads just sent it to me there yesterday afternoon saying you have to have a listen to this. I dare you to play it on air. So with that in mind, this is yesterday morning's quiz game. It's called Neil or No Neil. 
as we all know, I love Neil Prendival. Okay, yep. I find it very hard to talk to him when I come out of the studio every day. It, uh, I'm breaking him down bit by bit, but I thought this might win him over. So I've invented a quiz. So it's time to play Neil or No Neil. <laughs> Everybody, my name's Laura Manny. Unfortunately, Noel Edmonds wasn't available today. This is Neil or No Neil. So Kira and Rob are two contestants. Five questions separates you between the prize of being ultimate Neil master. Five questions about Neil Prendival, okay? If you know the answer, you say Neil if you think it's true. You say no Neil if you think it's false, okay? Okay. Kira, you shout out your name when you want to answer. Rob, you shout out yours, okay? okay? Can we have some atmospheric music, please? First question, Neil or no Neil? Neil's pirate radio name was Jerry the Lock. Rob. Kira. Rob, yes? No. It no. was something the Lock, but I don't think it was Jerry. No Neil. No Neil. No Neil. Kira. Yes, Kira. Neil. No Neil. No. <laughs> I just said no Neil, Kira. It doesn't Neil. matter because Rob has said no Neil and he is correct. Yes. That's a point for Rob. <laughs> because it was, in fact, Jimmy the Lock. One point for Rob. Okay. <laughs> Fingers on buzzers, please. Neil has the number one talk show in Cork. Kira. Kira, yes. Neil. Correct. Yes. It is Neil. That is true. <laughs> he does have the number one talk show in Cork. Question number three. Neil's first radio show was called Neil and Niall's Big Noisy News Night. Rob. Yes, Rob. No, Neil. Correct. <laughs> Two points for Rob. All to play for Kira. Okay. Question number four. Neil has a twin called Noel. Kira. Yes, Kira. No, Neil. Correct. <laughs> oh, tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Okay. For the prize of being the greatest Neil lover in all of Red FM. Neil has three children called Neilus, Neil Jr. Rob, and Mick, Rob, after Rob, Mick Mulcahy. Rob. Yes, Rob. No, Neil. Yes. yes. I'm on the leaderboard. Finally, a point for Rob Everton. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm still winning, though, Rob. An expert so in Neil Prendeville. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be in Neil's good books after that, I think, Laura. Yes, indeed. That was Neil or no Neil. Would you love to live in their happy little world in the morning? Give that girl her own game show, I think. Um, I have to have one issue with this, but Laura's saying, very hard to talk to him in the morning. I'm breaking him down bit by bit. Like, I'm a very approachable guy. Very, I mean, it's a busy handover at nine o'clock. I don't have time to be standing around at nine o'clock or 60 seconds to nine yapping and chatting about the, the stories of the day. Uh, but I find myself very approachable. Maybe I'm my own best company. I don't know. But I thought that was a good laugh and I'm happy to share it with you. Um, breakfast in the morning with uh, the three guys is worth listening. Kira, Laura and Rob. I love you and leave you. Our lines will stay open. Text 0868104106. And uh, if you want to share a story, you can always do so, particularly for Mother's Day at the weekend, neil at redfm.ie. I'll see you tomorrow. Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.